0: There is that thing that people say about women who are a little bit older, like that they're, yeah, great at fucking. But I think, <laughs> I think, I,
1: is that a t shirt? Mm-hmm. Great at fucking? Yeah, 100%. I what I'm doing, but
0: I'm doing my best. Bird, why are you sitting here while I do my podcast? You're just going to stare at me across the desk? That seems seems unchill, I'm not going to lie. Bertie just asked why they can't sit here. Because they can't like freely talk on this podcast. You get self-conscious when you have to do a thing in front of other people. Don't you know that? But Casey and I are having a conversation. Casey, what do I say to this kid? Um, that you're their mom. <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your mother, and I'm going to ask you now. You know what I got? I got the podcast merch. Oh, nice. The new merch that we're deciding if we're going to add to the collection. Guys, you liked the podcast merch that we did last time. People, How are the podcast sweatshirts from my dreams selling?
1: I think well. I think people like them. Yeah. People have written saying that they bought them... Because they have their own podcast, and (laughs) And it's like, you know uh, what? It's cheaper.
0: I have my own, you know, it's like I have my own podcast, and what's cheaper is to just buy your sweatshirt that you already made that just says says podcast. podcast And it fits. It Here we are. Busy Phillips is doing her best. Another podcast unboxing. Yeah. Is there anything? This is our trademark. This is actually, this is one of our, tra- I believe this is one of our yeah. trademarks. Yeah. No other podcast would dare <laughs> Unbox. to do such a visual gag <laughs> on the podcast. But you know what Casey and I say? We don't, we don't, we don't subscribe to the, tell, the rules. Tell us what oh. all the rules are so we cannot yeah, do them. That's exactly right, podcast people. Tell us that our podcast needs to be 45 minutes to an hour, and we will show you a three-hour and (laughs) 15-minute fucking podcast. So I'm opening up the new merch that we have. Uh, These are, like, samples of that uh, Summer and Erin are sending us, uh, which is fantastic. Ooh. Oh, wow. Love. Very on trend. Very on. Tra- this is super cute. Okay, now I'm opening up another shirt. Oh, this one's fantastic.
1: <laughs> Are you? F- Are you kidding me? Busy's opening and always take the banana shirt. I love this. <gasps> and I love the cut
0: of these shirts. And I also love this one. That's um, they based off of my granny squares uh, afghan that my that my grandmother moot had made i love that too i think people are gonna love that one it's very on trend you know i don't know if i'm responsible for it (laughs) but it's really like a fucking thing now they're everywhere
1: well listen here's everywhere here's what i'll say if you're not responsible for it i will say that you're very perceptive and just right ahead of the trend okay guys so here's what we're doing we have beach towels is
0: summer almost over possibly are these cute as hell towels anyway? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I love them. Oh, <gasps> These are amazing. Guys, am I selling this merch or what? Here's what we're doing. <laughs> We've got two different themes on. Okay. Two different themes going. We have the inspired by my grandma's Afghan granny square theme. And, and then my nails that Aki did my nails. Yes, you guys can go back on my so Instagram cool. and see the nails that were hand-painted that were so cool. So we're doing that, and there's a towel, a beach towel with it. This is a bestseller. I love that one. Put this in a fucking Target, and (laughs) we have made, we could print money is what I'm saying.
1: You know what I want? I want us to get one of those house-shaped frame displays in Target like Chip and Joanna have. That's exactly what we need. You know what I'm saying? Do you guys yeah. know how inside yeah. a Target, when you go inside a Target, there's like a mini... Stop it. With this sweatshirt? I or you love that sweatshirt.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. And it's so cozy, you guys. It's really soft. What we're looking at here, I'm giving you the description of it. What we're looking at here is a really beautifully like heathered blue soft sweatshirt that has the aforementioned granny square pattern on motif. motif on the kangaroo pocket. Right. Look
1: inside Is that the what they hood. call it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then inside the hood, another little peekaboo of it. And guys, it says doing my best. When I tell you that we are truly leveling up, just call us Ciara <laughs> because this podcast merch has two themes. Bananas and granny squares, and you're going to fucking want it all. Start <laughs> Start saving, guys, Because this is all happening. And you know what I would love to do now? I mean, love to do this time. What? I would love to uh, I'd love to do a, a podcast merch giveaway. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. This embroidered shirt that says always take the banana with an embroidered banana is something
1: special. This is really special. So cute. And I laundered mine already to see how it would hold up in the laundry. And I think Mm -hmm. it got even cuter. I mean, these sweatshirts are
0: beyond. And these, I mean, I am just, I'm floored. The
1: work that these people did, the team... Yeah, listen, even if you're not in the market for merch or whatever, totally encourage you to go to bravegowns.com and just look at the other work that they're doing because, like, they're just helping us with the merch, like, as a fun little side thing when they're not busy doing actually incredible, amazing work making hospital gowns and other, uh, other, I don't know, what do you call it? Soft goods <laughs> for for children, basically, for children that, that are hospitalized. And um, so this is just like a little side thing that they're doing on the side to help out to Dizzy Broads.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry, that- I missed most of
0: that while Casey was talking because I my own podcast sweatshirt also arrived. We're now wearing... Matching. Twin, Can matching. you take a picture? Can you Twin, screenshot this? Yeah, sure. Sweatshirt of my dreams. Literally, my dreams. I dreamt of it. Casey, it's too hot because I had to turn the air conditioning off, so I now I have to take the podcast sweatshirt off. I'm yeah, sorry, guys. Do, do Hold, it, please. Do it. One second. We, we all know it's, you're a sweaty it's, I'm, gonna, I'm already starting to sweat, and I yeah. just had a facial, and I don't want to sweat my products off my yeah. face. The, the serums that yes. she very generously massaged into My epidermis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Busy's now taking off the podcast sweatshirt.
0: You know how sometimes you go down like a rabbit hole on Instagram explore page? Yes. Okay. So mine of late has been these like threads that people are putting underneath their skin and pulling their skin up. With oh the threads. yeah,
1: the thread. Have facelifts. you seen these? Yes. Yeah. You told me facelift. about it a couple years ago because you told me of a certain person. the golden threads. Yeah, the
0: golden Listen, threads. I've been on the. I've been on the. I've been on the the take. No, that's not right. I've been. I've been in on the threads for years. Like I've known yeah. about them for years, um, and. It but I've I've never done it. Um, but I've been fascinated by it and like watched it. And then the other day I realized that there's like a whole Instagram Instagram like tunnel you can go down watching people get the threads, seeing the after effects of the threads, finding out there's different threads now.
1: Here's Used to be that it was like gold. Yeah. Look it up, everyone, because if you can, you know what? Trigger warning, it's horrific. In my opinion, oh, yeah. by the way,
0: don't if you don't like uh, blood and stuff poking into skin, don't look. Don't at this. look. But if you want, I mean, walk- you don't have to like it. But like, if it's something that uh, that is upsetting to you, don't yeah. don't look that up. But uh-huh. like, if
1: you feel like you can take it, look into it because it is nuts. That and here's the thing: how long does this last? Busy, you get all these threads crisscrossed across your face. How well, long? They does like it pull last it like-
0: up, and well, and everybody wants that. Uh, thing now where they like their eyes like you know are it's called lifted. like are yeah. lifted just on the sides or whatever yeah it's called something that is called like a it's like I think it might be called it like cat eye shocking or off. something like <laughs> is that what it's called <laughs> um, but uh you, well the, now my understanding from my my rabbit hole that I went down is that the um. Now they have different threads, like that are like they dissolve into your skin, but yes. they're like collagen boosting in the places that they dissolve in. Okay, so the, the new threads are okay. like some sort of protein that dissolves. I don't know if any of that's true. I because, remember when I had stitches years ago. Yeah, and in- it. They were like, it, they'll dissolve because they're made of crab shell or something. I swear oh to God. Oh my God. God. And I, I, had like, a, yeah, I had
1: stitches in my head that were dissolving, and it was very traumatic for me the day that they came out in the shower. It's gross. It, it is, is very, gross.
0: It was very gross because also I wasn't stitches sure. In your like, head just are not a gross fun thing in general. Ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. One
1: time when Lincoln was little, he. Uh, Cut his head. Oh, he cut his head, and um, he had a staple, just one single staple to yeah. close the wound. I don't like and it. every time the sun glinted on that little Mm-mm. staple in his head, I almost blacked out. I couldn't you get that thing where like your vagina hurts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where you're, um, Sphincter. Your your balls go up into your, your balls body. Go up into your
0: body. but You, you we don't, don't have, have
1: balls. balls, so it's just like um, what do you call that? Phantom. Like your vesti balls, <laughs> vestigial it's phantom, balls. Vestigial. Phantom.
0: Our phantom balls. Phantom ball syndrome. Well, yeah. speaking Woo. of that too, not exactly that, but someone else now told me about a new thing. I will not say who. It doesn't matter, but. <laughs> it's like, oh, Somebody. No. Just a person. It's um about a new treatment for your vagina. If you've like had babies and or slash just as you get older, whatever, if you have like the sneeze peas or the, sneeze peas, the cough yeah. peas or yeah. the laugh peas or whatever. Yeah. There's this new thing that gynecologists do in office, can do in office. This was the first I'd ever heard about it. And it's like an I don't know if it's an ultrasound or if it's a some another thing. Mm. Oh, like it's another thing.
1: Like a transvaginal ultrasound tightening. Like they put the it, wa- the wand they in. They
0: put the wand up in you. But the way she described it. Well, first of all, she said it 100% worked and was Sh- like incredible. I'm sure. I'm sure. But that what it is though, what it entails, the process of getting it done. And ladies, Most of us listening, I would think, have had an internal vaginal ultrasound at one time or another for some reason. If you haven't, or you're one of the four men listening to this podcast, hi, Matt, hi, Mark, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes women have to get like essentially like like a giant dildo shaped ultrasound thing that they legit put a condom on. Yeah, high-tech dildo. They squirt the ultrasound goo onto the right, directly onto the machine, and then they put the condom over it, and then they squirt more ultrasound. It's, and they shove it right on up there. They just got to get it on up just yeah. to see what's happening. Um, so the process of this new thing to stop the peeing the like to tighten your pelvic floor or whatever she's like it was like 35 minutes of the nurse just with this warm it was very warm rod in and out of my vagina like repeatedly wow like methodically like yeah. just in and out and in and out and in and out. And I was like, oh my God. And you're just lying there. It almost feels like they should offer, like they should show you how to do it and then be like, are you good? Do you just want to do this yourself for 30 yeah. minutes?
1: Yeah. Cause it's just like bad. Cause you're literally like getting fucked. Yeah. By the by, ultrasound a, ro- technician. by a robot. <laughs>
0: <Which> <laughs> but is also not well, hot. by the way, we've you know, but that's like but that's what like dildos are. You yeah. know what I mean? But then to like just have like a nurse or nurse practitioner or like your somebody just like sitting there or just ramming it in and out of you is oh. so disconcerting.
1: It's disconcerting. It's weird. I mean, of all the weird things that women do, getting like stuff waxed and whatever that, that's I on getting the love side. Do you? I love it.
0: I love it. I fucking love it. You know what, though? I forgot to talk about this. I had a terrible wax experience. I do not... Guys, hit up that email if you know who I'm going to get waxed with in New York City. Because I'm it's not, sure that it's well, not Joanna good. Ch- well, Joanna well, Joanna Check can do it sometimes because she that's like that was her so if who does my facials but she's also a waxer yeah but she doesn't do it for guys she doesn't do it for
1: everybody anymore. <laughs> She but doesn't she doesn't do it all the time because. But she doesn't like,
0: do it all the time. It's a lot, you know what I mean. You got to graduate
1: like, if you're good at what you do. Hopefully, you graduate from pubes one day, and you can just. I don't do, know. It's a real fucking art form. Do the know? type of things that you want to do. If you're not into pubes, but if you're like a pubes master and you want to do it, your I whole think I'd life, be into it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway,
0: here's okay. Here's what I'm saying, or here was here was my story from a few months ago. So, uh, during the pandems. I think we talked about this early days of this show, like early eps. I like taught myself how to wax myself. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like all... <laughs> using yeah. hard wax in, in and mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. And like yoga. Yeah. And I was pretty good at it because, you know, I'm good at that. I'm good at beauty stuff. I can really catch on, you know? Yeah. I'm a a self-taught esthetician (laughs) with no license. But anyway, but I'm like, just like, that's not, it's not the most, I would much prefer someone to just rip that hair off for me. And I'm not a person, you know, we've had this discussion too, maybe. I felt since Birdie was a baby, I'm like, because I was, because, you know, we're in our forties and so we're of the generation of women where it was like, the thing was to get it all taken off.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like a
0: hundred percent. Bald.
1: bald. Yeah.
0: yeah. Bald eagle. Yeah. That was the vibe. That yeah. was the Playboy. That was set. Yeah. That was a thing that was like we all knew we had to do it. We vagaz yeah. we vagazled. What did we do? What was it called? Vaj- what was it? Vajazling? Vajazzling. Yeah. There was vajazzling. I, yeah.
1: I never did that, but most of my stuff is lasered. Like it's mostly not there forever. I didn't think about if full bush came back into style. If trends would change. Yeah.
0: Well, I had, I had, so when Birdie was a baby, I had this whole epiphany where I was like, <laughs> I don't want my children to look at my vagina and it looks like theirs. Anyway, so I made that choice. It's a long time ago now, 13 years ago. Yeah. Where I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. But I do like to clean up on the sides when it's bikinis, you know, because it's just not. Yeah, I just don't love a, I don't love a straggling hair. You know, you don't want
1: to look like uh, Bob Ross is giving you a ride on his shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't.
0: I don't. But also, like, I also am just like I. Yeah, so I just like this to get the sides cleaned. It's not like that. It's not that deep, guys. It's not that big of a deal. It just is what it is. But I didn't have anyone in New York to do it. I, like, we were going to Florida. I'm um, really glad we got that trip in pre-Delta. Ooh. Whew, that was by the skin of our teeth. Yeah. Really hit yeah. that theme park. Um, So I think I'll be good for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so I got a recommendation. I went to this person, this, like, waxer lady. And at first I was like, that was the most painless wax I've ever experienced. It was wonderful, like, truly super painless. Like, wow, that was wild. Well, like, within two days, every single follicle of hair was ingrown. Oh, no. So then I went, so then I, like, went on, like, a deep dive about waxing and, and hair removal. Yeah. And here's why... Here's what happened. It was bad wax. (laughs) She didn't pull the hair out. She broke it. Broke it, yeah. And then it cracked back in. At the surface of the skin. Yeah. Yeah. No, at the surface of the skin. And so then it like, yeah, just like all all of it became inflamed or whatever. (sighs) And it was terrible. And really difficult for me to recover from. Yeah, because you know what you
1: don't want to do? Get into like a water park slide with uh, an inflamed
0: cooch. You really don't. You really, really don't. Um, It was not pleasant. So that was my bad wax experience. I meant to talk about it. I didn't. But why was I bringing that up? What was that? We
1: were talking about how we didn't know what we now know about our pubes Pubes. and how you had wanted to um, have some pubes as an example to your children. Which
0: I think is like a valid point. Yeah. And uh, that like that's normal and natural and that like, you know, oh shit, wait. I feel like I'm all over the place today. I'm sorry. Oh, this is what I was going to say. I haven't eaten. I did work out. I went and got that facial. The facial went a little long because tbh haven't seen a facialist in quite some time and you know
1: are you both oh, to eat a banana
0: and i grabbed myself a fucking banana nice nice because okay. i thought you know what always. casey will approve <laughs> always take the banana it's very quiet to eat it's a quiet it's a quiet it's a quiet bite it's not a salad
1: it has um, potassium own wrapping, and yeah, potassium. Uh huh. I want to go back to the um, the vagina tightening. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. It doesn't snap you like a rubber band. It's just. It's. I feel like all lasery stuff that does any tightening has like a rubber band snapping. Your friend didn't mention that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Lasers, guys, for you at home, because I was confused for one second.
0: If you get a laser on your face, it like does, it feels like a snap. I don't believe this is a laser. Okay. I think this is like an ultrasound, a tightening like a radio ultrasound frequency or something,
1: something like that.
0: No, I literally think it's an ultrasound. Okay. I think it's a tightening right. ultrasound. <laughs> so just I'm mean, gonna, I'll keep saying ultrasound and yeah. then you keep okay. offering other, other things that it could things possibly that it be. Could and then I'll be- say, no, I actually think.
1: That what she said it was, was not alternate. Then my other, my concern would be, here's why I would, I would be worried that it would just like make your um, vag look like a scrunchie. What? <laughs> no, it's for internal. It's internal. I know, but if your internal tightens up and your external's the same, doesn't it just pucker all up like a scrunchie? I mean,
0: I don't know. People do those vaginal rejuvenation plastic surgeries on their, Cooches. I think it's weird. I've never I have no had idea. What I consider it an attractive vagina, but like, whatever. I mean, It serves its purpose. I don't you know, know about,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know about everyone, but I, I imagine, I don't know that most people care what a vagina looks like. I mean, no, this is what I'm saying. The people I've had sex with do not give a fuck. Yeah, probably wouldn't, I don't know, probably wouldn't even really notice.
0: I do remember I was kind of scarred by this guy I was friends with. I mean, always. The guys that you're friends with are, like, always the worst. They tell, say the worst things. Yeah. What you have to remember is, like, if you're friends with a man, he is not speaking for all of mankind. He just, is just speaking for his own proclivities and, like, the weird shit that he feels. Yeah. Which sometimes are terrible, bad ideas. Like, for instance, this friend of mine, when I was in my early 20s, made some comment about how the only attractive vaginas are the ones where that's, like, you can't see the inner labia. You can only see, like, it's just, like, all tucked inside perfectly. And I was like, that exists? And I do not have that. <laughs> and so then I was like, well, I obviously have the ugly kind of vagina. But also, whatever, dude. Like, what are we talking – what are – what? What? That doesn't all. make any sense. And then I had the other guy friend that you know said I was, if I didn't talk so much, I could be really beautiful or considered really beautiful. Not that I would be really that I would be I could be considered really beautiful. You could really be beautiful. considered really beautiful if you would just talk less. And that same guy also said that every woman has one summer of their life where they're really beautiful.
1: That you guy, only get one summer,
0: according to this motherfucker.
1: That guy. I was like if that guy's listening there's not a fucking chance in hell (laughs) but (laughs) oh my gosh so Um, oh and then about the string thing like is that something you've just like fell down a rabbit hole of looking at you're not like gonna get it done well
0: uh i don't know here I, i i'm just gonna be honest i don't know i'm sort of interested in it part of me for you're gonna you're gonna think i'm crazy well i don't care Part of me was thinking, like, for the next season of Girls Five Eva, it might be fun to, like, literally, like, fun to, to do your it for face that, like, tightened up. Yeah, well, not tight. I mean, because it's not permanent, but right. also just like that, that would be a thing that Summer would do. Right. I actually need to make these notes. First of all, they have to write vaj- vaj- vajazzling? vajazzling, vajazzling into the has got to be in Girls Five Eva.
1: I mean, there was also like that trend of like shaving your stuff into like a shape, like a star well, or a heart, right? Or and you could vajazzle boyf- on top of or your
0: boyfriend's initials. So Was that a thing? Did somebody oh, do that? But no, probably. Somebody did that. Yeah, probably. Like some a famous somebody. I don't remember. Yeah, who. Guys, probably. If you remember, reach out. Let what, us know. Don't be a stranger.
1: What man is shaving his genital fur into like a heart or a star for for us? Not a guy that I want to be with. Let's be real. (laughs) No dude that I'm attracted to. It all seems... Fucking-lutely not. It all seems wild. I really... I'm here to tell you, if that is something that you're focusing on, if you're listening and you're in your 20s and you're really focusing on, like, how everything looks down there, um, I'm here to tell you that eventually I gave up caring so much.
0: But here's why I think that, like, I've had friends who've gotten divorced in their, like... Th- mid late thirties and forties, and they've dated much younger dudes, like dudes yeah. in their late twenties or early thirties, and the guys are always like floored by the sex or whatever. And there's like there is that thing that people say about women who are a little bit older, like yeah. that they're great at fucking.
1: <laughs> but I think I think is that, that a t-shirt great mm-hmm. at fucking. Yeah, 100%.
0: <laughs> because but here's what I think. I think it has less to do with like I don't even know what, hormonal stuff, which like is this whole podcast today is about this, really yes, basically, true, about our vaginas true. and the hormones contained within our bodies. Um but uh, I think it has to do with the releasing of the stuff that we hold on to, like the societal stuff that we hold on to, like about our bodies. As you get older, you like, you real, you just have to let it go. You can't hold that stuff forever. Yeah. I mean, some people do, I think, hold that stuff forever, but, but I found it at a certain point untenable. So like you just fucking release it. And then once you release it, you're like, oh, this is like a very basic thing that we all do. And, I can be great at this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna yeah. be good at it. <laughs> be good at it and just like don't care. Don't care what kind of noises you're making, what kind of tearing up the room you're doing. But I think I was just like so insecure. Yeah. And you're well, like, I had worried, trauma too. Yeah, Let's you're be gonna real. Yeah. You're <laughs> worried like, that you're gonna like show hmm. a vulnerable part of yourself yes. that you don't want. To be seen and that's that's totally understandable. That's totally understandable. But it is interesting that um that your your nature, you feel like your nature took over over like psychological things eventually. I think that is what it is.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think in my in my specific instance, I think that I was like rewarded greatly for the shedding of the insecurities that I was like holding on to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I got like basically a whole second career out of it. Hi guys. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Um, my name is Busy Phillips. This is Busy Phillips doing doing her best. I'm joined by Casey St. Ange. Um, okay. And then,
1: well, I was also going to say for me a little bit of a biological last hurrah, probably if I had to, if I was like being honest. Right. You're like, Fucking put a baby in that uterus. Yeah, and also, I think, also, maybe I'm just reading into it, but also, like, while you're in that biological last hurrah, you're probably also biologically trying to, if evolution is true, trying to make an impression on your partner to be like, remember this, even after, <laughs> remember how amazing this is, because even after babies aren't a possibility, still going to want to come back for some of this, you know? Mmm, that's an interesting theory.
0: I enjoy it. Hey guys, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? What? 5 billion? And each bottle can be made of more than 90% water. Okay, so stop wasting water and throwing out more plastic. This is where you're going to get Blueland's revolutionary refill cleaning system instead. Um, Blueland was founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts at home. It's a very simple idea. You buy the bottle once and you refill it forever. There's no more plastic waste. So good. It's amazing. And they're like, honestly, very beautiful Instagrammable bottles. <laughs> you just fill them up with warm water. You pop in a hand soap or a spray cleaner tablet. And within minutes, you have powerful and effective cleaning products in the most incredible sense, like rose, bergamot, and lily mint. Blueland also has convenient laundry and dishwasher tabs that come in chic and compact refillable metal containers instead of like big bulky dispos- disposable? Yeah, <laughs> disposable plastic tubs. They are stunning and high quality bottles that you keep forever and they start at just $10 when you buy a kit and they're meant to be reused forever and ever and ever with money-saving refill tablets that start at just $2. You have not paid just $2 for spray cleaner ever, ever, like ever. never in our lifetime. No. Maybe our grandmas did. We don't know. <laughs> so guys, let's do this all together. Cut out plastic waste without sacrificing clean get blue land. You're going to love it. I promise. The planet's going to thank you. And we don't need any more plastic out
1: there. That is just true. No, and I need my stuff to look cute. So it, it looks, looks so cute. It's looks looks so per- cute. It's a perfect win-win.
0: It's a win-win. It's what we call, it's what we in the biz call a win-win. So right now you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash best. That's 15% off your first order of any products Blueland has at blueland.com slash best. Blueland.com slash best. Each and every day I put on each and every way. I put on each and every in my pants. I love my each and every.
1: (laughs) Come on. You
0: went for it. I really did. I wasn't expecting that. That's amazing. (laughs) Listen, we love to use products from brands we trust, brands that are upfront about what they do and how they do it. It's why we love each and every. It's why it's one of a favorite of ours. It's a natural deodorant we know we can count on. I have been on the natural deodorant train for as long as I can remember. And it is difficult to find ones that actually work. Yes. We know this. Yes. Here's the deal with each and every. We know exactly what we're putting on our bodies. It works so well. It I smell good. I feel dry. It doesn't irritate my skin. It goes on very soft and smooth. It's not like the one time when I tried a natural deodorant that was literally a rock. (laughs) I don't know why that was a thing, but it was like a sharp-edged rock. Yes. It was essentially just like rubbing a crystal in my pit, and it didn't work, and it hurt. So, (laughs) not with each and every. With each and every, I am loving the way that I smell, and- I like get like all of the scents, and we yes. use everybody in literally everyone in my house except for Cricket because not there yet. She's a teeny baby, <sighs> teeny little chicken. Although yeah. I could put up, I could put each and every on the bottom of her feet. You know I mean? <laughs> She's getting to be kidding. that age, you know,
1: stinky feet, kids. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the coconut and lime. It's so great for summer. Citrus and vetiver, and they also have fragrance free if you're not like a real fragrance person. But I love the fragrances are so nice and pleasant. I like lavender and lemon. That's yeah. the one that I, I gravitate towards. Yeah. Just I like them all. I really like them all.
0: But I also do get down with that coconut and lime. I had it in Birdie's little set bag while we Aww. were on set. You guys, Perfect. I love each and every. They believe that deodorant should have nothing to hide. They're right. It spends so much time on your body. Yes. And right up in there right next to your boobs. Yeah. Their deodorants formulated with six safe, simple ingredients, dead sea salt, coconut oil, natural essential oils. There's no baking soda, and it's even been found to fight odor as well as an antiperspirant without any aluminum. It's also Emily Beebe. <laughs> I'm just calling out Emily BB because that's my vegan best friend. But each and every is vegan and cruelty-free, and you
1: it know. comes sustainably packaged. You know, BB texts me to get the each and every code, right? Hilarious.
0: Well, I'm going to give it to them right now. (laughs) We want you to see for yourself how awesome each and every is. We have an amazing deal to get you started 30% off your first purchase. Go to our URL, eachandevery.com slash best and use promo code best30 Seriously, 30% off can't be beat. Use promo code BEST30 at eachandevery.com slash BEST. Hey, Casey, what were you doing your best at this weekend? Also, can we just have one real quick Lincoln Health update? Because everybody wants to know. Yeah. And I saw Lincoln. I saw, I went, I did actually go to JAR. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I had a drink, although it was like a whole, anyway, we can, it was super fun. Um, <laughs> but Lincoln was there.
1: Tell me how he's doing. Just give us all like the quick. He's doing good. He's, uh, uh-huh. you know, still undergoing tests and still uh-huh. narrowing things down and um, just coming up on another appointment to go over the findings of everything. But, you know, he's just so great. He's like, I had to dash out yesterday for an errand and he really didn't want to come even though. <laughs> That's, you know, kind of where we're at is that like it's, you know, we're not supposed to really leave him alone, Mm -hmm. I guess, for the time being. And, um, you know, and he was just like, let me just text you like every couple of minutes that I'm doing great. And Mm -hmm. so that's what he did, you know, just like doing okay doing okay And so he's been really good about just taking everything really seriously, and he seems like he's doing well, knock on wood. So thank you, everyone, for being so wonderful about that because he appreciates it, and we certainly appreciate it. I mean, Lincoln's
0: the best.
1: If <laughs> Shantira were here, we
0: know that she would say, my son, my son, my son. Um, well, so, good. So wait, what are you doing your best at this week? I
1: have been just trying to, like... Be thoughtful and get into, like, a creative space and figure out what's next and, like, how we're going to proceed in this, like, rise of the Delta variant and what that's going to mean for work and everything. But the thing that I'm really, like, channeling my energy into is, you know, that, like, I find a lot of comfort in, like, trying to invent things. Like, I love to be creative. (laughs) I love to make up a story. (laughs) I didn't see this one coming. I really didn't didn't see that this was where but it was. But one thing headed, that I okay. think is really comforting is to is to like come up with on paper like inventions. Mm-hmm. I'm like if mm-hmm. Joy Mangano never did shit, you know? Like I'm always like have like a million little sketches and things.
0: Well to be fair, wait, can I just can I just say something to be yeah. fair? Like you make shit all the time, but yes. also but also it just it this is the thing that Linda Cardellini said to me when I was fucking 19 years old about acting. But it's applicable to like almost anything in life. It's why people play the lottery. It's why people do anything. It only takes one. Yes, it's true. It only takes one idea to change it's your true. life. It only takes one chance meeting to change your life. It only takes one movie role to change your it's true. career. It's true. It only takes one stupid thing that you say in a magazine about your daughter, uh, telling you not to use a slur anymore to change oh my your Lord. life. <laughs> just kidding, Matt Damon. Just kidding, Matt Damon. Just kidding. Don't be mad. We're not mad. dragging. We're not dragging.
1: Um, a lot. Um, Yeah, so I've just been like really like dicking around with like inventions. And like the one thing that I really want to crack is yeah. um some type of salad system, a home salad system that would enable you to make great, Salads like on a whim because do I do remember suddenly salad. Yes, I do remember it was cold pasta salad. Cold, oh, cold
0: pasta salad. Right, and you would right. boil the, you would boil the, it would came in this mesh bag. Yes. That had the pasta and the little like bits of bell pepper, yes, and, like, pimento and shit or whatever yes. it was inside this little mesh bag. And you would boil it on the stove and then you,
1: in a bowl, would mix their seasoning packet with an oil dressing. Yes, yes, and I remember then, that. My nana really loved that, and I think like I think it was like considered like a fancy item, and maybe like know, not necessarily, necessarily really for. Kids. Really loved it,
0: Barb. No, you. I did, <laughs> and it was one of my go-to after-school snacks. Oh, and I okay. would make it. I would make it for myself, and I would eat a whole fucking. Giant mixing bowl of suddenly, suddenly salad. salad? Oh I my gosh. sometimes couldn't even wait for it to cool down in the fridge. I just <laughs> would eat that shit hot. That warm suddenly it. salad. And sometimes I would put it in the freezer to like flash cold it. Cool it. So yeah. that, yeah, flash cool it. Um, so that I could just get that suddenly salad right into me, into my <laughs> body while I was uh, watching Oprah and then Saved by the Bell. Yeah. I mean, just, that was my, I it. was a ritual, after-school I tried ritual. to buy it not they, that long ago. Did They I don't tried still to, have it?
1: I don't know. Let me look. It uh, seems like the kind of thing that could be in a warehouse from 1994
0: still. Suddenly salad. <laughs> you guys, we can get it. We can get it at Target. We can get it at Vons. We can get it. Guys, Betty Crocker, would you like to advertise on this podcast? <laughs> Because do I have a pitch for
1: you? We've oh wait, I a, just did it. A several minute commercial all, for Suddenly Salad. You guys,
0: first of all, just go to that Betty Crocker page. Oh my god. Here's the problem though. Like I'm tra- like I don't really eat pa- I don't really eat pasta anymore. They have to update it for
1: the times.
0: I need it to be I need this to be a chickpea
1: pasta suddenly salad. Yeah, they need to or I mean or Let me just, you could also just Mm -hmm. make chickpea pasta and put salad dressing on it. That is pretty much what Suddenly Salad is. Wow. Well, except, except. You need your little pouch of pimentos. I
0: really like that little pouch. But also now that I'm looking at this like pasta salad with the dressing on it, I do feel like maybe I should make a chickpea cold pasta salad with dressing and like tomatoes and celery and little
1: bits of green
0: pepper and you, stuff.
1: You'll be it looks a delicious. Hero. You'll be a, a household hero. I I really my grandmother used to make like three bean salad all summer and mm. a thing called copper carrots which was like a sliced pickled carrot salad. <laughs> okay. She was really big on a lot of tuna salads in my family, mm. but mm. I just had I like, tuna salad yesterday. Yeah, just going back to, like, I want to make, like, an item that works in your refrigerator that's basically a home salad bar. And I'll tell you, like, everybody's like, oh, Tupper- just get Tupperware or whatever, like, Gladware. I don't want to open up thousand fucking containers. I want to have, like, one thing that you lift out of your refrigerator. You take one big top wait, okay, off. okay, okay, wait. Do we do the, are we doing the meal
0: prep? Are we doing the prep? Yes, of the I would do the prep salad. because we, no no, 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 not we, like I'm a part of this company, Casey. I don't yes. know if this is right for us. We, and in, <laughs> we in my house <laughs> would chop the veggies. Wait, 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 wait. So the customer,
1: okay, I'm the customer. Yes. What am I getting? You basically are getting like a sizable container that maybe half of it could contain chopped lettuce and then had other individual smaller containers with your salad toppings, chopped tomatoes, chopped cucumbers, chickpeas if you like, chopped chicken if you like, bacon bits if that's what you want, onions, however many you could fit, but just so that everything is sort of in a lar- within a larger container that you just take one top off. And then you can dip into whatever you want to make your salad very quickly, put the top back on, pop it back in your fridge. That's it. It would keep the other stuff fresh? Yeah, it would keep everything fresh because the one top would be the top for everything. And you wouldn't have to take off 9, 10, 11, 12 individual tops. Well, I'm sold. Because I think that's the problem. People get say they get bored of well, salads, and salads are very exciting. It's just that you need a variety of- Salad bars are very exciting. Yes. Everybody so loves salad bars. We basically need a version of a home salad uh-huh. bar. Mm-hmm, if someone mm-hmm. owns some type of plastics company and wants to go in with me on, what would we call it? <sighs> Suddenly salad, I think <laughs> The salad, the salad
0: library, the salad bar. Oh, the sal- I think it should be called the salad bar. The salad but bar. Also, I think we should look into like a recycled plastics company. Yes, of course. Someone yes. that's using. I think what we need to do is we need to use ocean. Trash. Plastic.
1: Yes. Ocean trash plastic. And also, yep. we should have an mm-hmm. option where, like, if you get sick of your salad bar or a piece of it breaks, send it back to us. We'll, like, re-recycle it back into, like, another salad bar for someone else. But And the salad bar lives in your fridge. It doesn't travel with you. Yeah. But we no, also, you, maybe, you maybe do have a travel version. A travel version. Yeah, uh-huh, like uh-huh. a little lunch. Like, but, you go into your salad bar in the morning, make yourself right. a smaller salad, and then you uh-huh. have your travel version to take to work.
0: But... The consumer of the salad bar is doing the actual meal prep. They're cutting up yes. the vegetables and
1: and toppings
0: and putting it in the thing. Yes.
1: But here's something I don't you like might, that part. Here's something you might not know about me. My husband in college worked for a caterer. And so he's very familiar with every type of like industrial catering kitchen item. So there's like a lettuce chopper that you just do one stroke and it chops all your lettuce. I'm the type of bitch that will go to a restaurant supply store and buy that. So I don't have to chop lettuce. I'm like, I consider this an investment in me eating lettuce every day. So I will think of any trick in the world to be slightly more lazy doing like a thing that normal people do. What Mina Harris, you know, Mina Harris, one time I tweeted about how everybody was like, I would eat kale, but it's like, such a pain in the ass to massage kale, to have a kale salad. Uh And I was like, no, you put it in your mixer with the paddle mixer. You just mix it for a few minutes. It's massaged. You don't have to touch it. And Mina Harris, who like I idolized, was like, oh my God, that's genius. And I've never been more proud of like a Twitter reaction than Mina Harris telling me my idea for lazy kale was a good idea. I mean, I really really
0: enjoy all of this. I... Recently, I've been trying to eat healthier since I've been in L.A. and the produce, you know, is real good here. Yeah. Um, and we've had the, and the farmer's market, whatever. But I do find the prep just an arduous process. And it's like, then everything's met. I just hate it. I
1: don't love yeah. it. That, okay. that to me calls for another invention. Just something yeah, where that's you what I'm saying line everything up and like push something down, like a, some type of printing press and all your shit's chopped.
0: It's funny, though. Like I just had this conversation with BB. Wait, hold on. Why is Birdie calling me? But here's what I was going
1: to say. Fuck. What was I going to say? We were talking about inventions for chopping all your... Well, I lost it. I lost my thread. If you think of it. If you think of it. Well, so that's that's what I've been really focused on this week. I don't know if that's a sign of something that I need to have diagnosed, that that's what I'm obsessed with, or... Here's what I want to say. I was going to talk
0: to you about this, but let's just talk about it here. Okay. (laughs) Wait, are you working on that screenplay? Yes. I want you to write it. (laughs) How are you doing? How are you doing on it? Because you've never written a screenplay, and I know that's hard, and it's like a difficult thing to do when you haven't ever done a thing before. However, I feel like the way that you so clearly know the story and – how extensive the outline is, it feels like like the first spit draft should be like quick, almost pretty quick.
1: Yes. Yes. I am trying to like pay a little bit of attention to things that I normally don't pay attention to. So that might be taking me a little longer. And I think like the intimidation factor is taking me a little longer. But then I, you know, my mantra is always like, Stupider people than I have done this before. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I
0: feel like I know people, and I do not want to say who, <laughs> but people who are very stupid. No, but people who have made movies. Yes. And written scripts and gotten the movies made based on this, on a script that, like, and it was like they vomited in their sleep or whatever. Yes,
1: yes. You know? And I think and people have written really good scripts really fast and and people have taken years to write scripts that weren't so good. And so there's really no point in like making myself insane over it. No, for sure not. But
0: I do want to – I love this salad bar idea. Can you see? I, want, <laughs> I do not want <laughs> – You think that I'm discouraging you? Yeah. But I also like – really think that that's a thing that would be really great for you to accomplish. Yes. Yes. And do. Working and I also on accomplishing. Even say like if because sometimes like structural stuff is the stuff that always like would stop me. Yes. Until I just finally I, I had a partner who like did the structural stuff for me. Yeah. Which was like, that's amazing. Once you have somebody to like, just like take your ideas and like put them
1: into a thing. It's very helpful. I also have this thing where I'm like, I have a little bit of a hard time. Tell me if you're like this. If I'm like, oh, geez, I only have one hour to work on Mm -hmm, something. mm -hmm. And like, that's practically worthless because by the Mm -hmm. time I settle in, it's only 40 minutes and I'll have Mm -hmm. to like stop 10 minutes before I do the next thing. So Mm -hmm. I have this thing with, and this has been with books that I've written as well, where I'm like, if I can just get like three days where I can crank on this, I'll write half of this book. No joke. Um, Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. then that never happens. So I have to be like a little bit, smarter about that my husband is amazing at writing in all the little swaths of time that happen in the course of like a regular day between taking the dogs for a walk and whatever else he fucking does I don't know he does a lot of shit he's always doing something but I am like the kind of person that I have this um it's uh, a false and not helpful idea that i have to like barricade myself in somewhere and be isolated for a certain amount of time and that's just well
0: it's it's not not real it's not realistic and i'm always like astounded by people who make it realistic for themselves in their lives and they're like i just had to leave everyone and go to palm springs for four days by myself (laughs) and i'm like wait what and you wrote, oh, okay. And guess what? Guess how
1: much I would dick around in Palm Springs. Oh,
0: by the way, I'm not <laughs> writing the fucking script in Palm Springs. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way in hell I am. No, that's yeah. just not happening. Yes. So, no, that's not how I work. But I, I would. Yeah, I mean, I would say like, even if you only had 20 minutes, like that's fine. Yeah, just get to a page do done. some work. Yeah, get one but page. like. Yeah, but you like, I I do feel like, oh, because then this was the idea that I had was that I could help you by helping you with the like structurally, like literally just like, I know, does this sound weird to you? Do you know what was like my biggest obstacle obstacle in writing a script? What was the like format? Yeah, yeah, that's a little. Yeah, that's tricky. Dialogue for was like dialogue. Story was not is not my issue. Yeah, my issue was like format and how do I do it.
1: Yeah, but I can I could help you with that if you wanted. You're so nice. Well, well okay, let's let's uh, reevaluate, and um, I'll put the salad. I mean, this. Listen, the salad bar can. Happens simultaneously because it listen. The idea is already there. I just need oh, someone there. to help me make it. You know, we I just, just need a recycled plastics fabricator. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure she's out there. I know she is and ready to. Speaking of which, us. I remember that I had some
0: kelp noodle salad in the fridge. Some cold kelp noodle salad.
1: How are
2: you from feeling Araujan.
0: about it? Juan, your
1: favorite. It's
2: Delicious.
0: <laughs> it's so good. It's like pestoey and. It has massaged kale in it. Oh, there you go. Kelp noodles and some little cherry tomatoes. And you know what? It's delightful.
2: Hello, fresh.
0: Hello, fresh. Hello, fresh. What's for dinner? Hello, fresh. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I have some ideas. I love Hello, fresh. I love it. With Hello, fresh. You're getting fresh, pre-measured ingredients, mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You can skip those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why, that is one of the many reasons, but that is why it is America's number one meal kit. It's also Uh, number one because it really tastes good. It really tastes delicious. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. Less prep, less effort, minimal cleanup. So you can just enjoy like the cooking and the making and get dinner on the table in like 30 minutes, just about, just about 30 minutes. I feel like you choose from 50 menu and market items each week from vegetarian meals to craft burgers, special gourmet options are available. There's like something for everyone to enjoy. All the recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts, So it ensures deliciousness and simplicity. And this summer, did you get a grill pack? They've been doing these like they HelloFresh has everything to get grilling. So they're grilling bundles, burger packs, surf and turf. And honestly, it all means less shopping and more sizzle on
1: your grill. I really like it. I know that you don't like to prep a lot when I you're cooking. I hate it. Yeah, and it, frankly, like it's just for me, the value is just having someone introduce something that I, I just make the same thing over and over if left to my own devices. So to have HelloFresh show me all these amazing things, yeah. That I mean, I can you know how many times
0: my children are like, um, "Turkey bolognese again, mom." <laughs> Before I got HelloFresh. Yeah. And then sometimes my kids are like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I'm like, you just have to have one bite. And they try it and they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. It's very good. Sometimes I just don't even say you have to have one bite. I just put it down in front of them. And I go, oh, you'll, eat. you'll eat if you're hungry. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and they always do because they, they love HelloFresh. Just like me. <laughs> um, And it just saves me time. Yeah. Especially like when I'm like, oh, it's five o'clock and I realized I didn't think about starting dinner yet for everyone. Hmm, okay. And like if Cricket doesn't eat by 5.45, well, you don't even want to know what happened. (laughs) It is a meltdown. It's a reverse gremlin. It's a reverse gremlin, yeah. (laughs) So guys, we uh, worked out an amazing deal, an amazing deal. Go to hellofresh.com slash 14best and use code 14best for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. So go to hellofresh.com slash 14 best. So it's the number one, four, B-E-S-T. And then use the code one, four, B-E-S-T for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. I mean, that is amazing. And it's America's number one meal kit. Bev, I'm going to drink forever. Oh, no, no, no. That is, oh, boy. Well, maybe. <laughs> Guys, we love Bev. You know how important it is for us to support female-founded
1: and run businesses. I'm obsessed with the Bev Rosé. I had some last night. And I think our we love Bev, but our listeners also seem to really love, love Bev. Bev. I love, love Bev. when you wait, send wait, wait. us pictures of your Me Bev's.
0: Too. By the way, I should have taken a picture. I was in Emily BB's backyard last night. Yeah. And I was like, I really and BB was having like a white wine, the whatever, and I was like, I really want a rosé. And BB says like, "Well, guess what I have in the fridge?" Bev. So because perfect. Because BB used our code. and got <laughs> <laughs> is Emily BB the only person using these codes? No. No. She is not. She I know you not. guys love Bev out there. Um, they have four varietals of their wine that comes in a, a little can.
1: Yes. It's like a glass and a half yeah. of wine. And it was you can, you can choose either rose, Sauve blanc, Pinot Gris, or Pinot Noir. And it's one and a half glasses of wine for one can. Perfect. And so you don't have to
0: open a whole bottle for yourself. Right. You can just have a glass and then you're like, that was great. Thank you. Yes. And then you can open another can and say, (laughs) thank you again. Thank you some more. Um, Guys, zero sugar. Zero sugar, three carbs, 100 calories per serving. It's super refreshing and delicious. I'm actually a little annoyed I don't have Bev in this rental house. And I feel like I'm going to use my own code. (laughs) And I'm gonna get some sent here immediately.
1: Order it. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it
0: Uh, because Bev ships straight to your door, and shipping is always free. So we've worked out our deal for Busy Phillips is doing her best. Podcast listeners, you can receive twenty percent off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. We suggest trying their best-selling Ladies Night Variety Pack, so you can check out all their delicious varietals. Or if you're just really into rosé like me, get the rosé. It's really delicious. Anyway, go to drinkbev.com slash busy or use code busy at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash busy. Have
1: you started reading that book? Yes, I did start, but very, very little because, you know, I want to savor it, not crank through it because we have to figure out what we're doing for book club so
0: guys we're gonna make it a reality so just we're, get that book
1: hundreds of people the book is nobody is talking about this no one is talking oh, about this no one is talking about this Um, and it's by, Patricia, by Lockwood. Patricia Lockwood and get on you know either buy it or borrow it from the library I've been hearing from people that there's a little bit of a waiting list at the library so get on there's the there's a list. wait at the
0: library guys
1: yeah Get on the list, and then we'll uh, do a book club, and we'll figure out. We I think we need to not – I don't think it can be a bonus episode of the podcast. I think it has to be something where people can talk back to us in, in real time. Oh, it's a
0: live event.
1: Yeah, yeah, so.
0: And unlike the unsuccessful book club that I tried to join <laughs> in my 20s to discuss Girl with a Pearl Earring, I will not be stoned. There you go. Well,
1: yeah, I mean – I might get stoned while we do it, but while I'm not going to start. Not okay. going to start stoned. Okay. Um, oh, and also one thing that I've been obsessed with this week is uh, there's like a documentary called Glitch in the Matrix that's on What? Netflix. Yes, my husband put it on because he was like, oh, this is what you always say in the in the podcast. So I started watching it, but I've fallen asleep on it every night for like a week in a row. No shade to the documentary. That's all shade to me like being exhausted. But – um The acute device is that, you know, in a documentary, different people talk about their experience and their thoughts or whatever. And they're shown like, you know, in a little talking head scenario. But in this documentary, they sort of put a filter, turning the person into like an animated fantasy character. Uh-huh. Which is cute. But except I was watching the documentary for so so long, listening to this like cute animated character, and I must have like looked away when they chironed his name, but like come to find out, it's like a longtime social media friend, Paul Good, <laughs> talking about how he might believe that we are living in a simulation and you know, and I was like, Oh my God, Holy shit. I know that guy, but he looks like some type of lion warrior. I don't know who made this documentary,
0: but I do feel like it's kind of rude that they didn't want to talk to me.
1: I mean, it is. And it could have used a little like female flavor. Of course. Yeah.
0: And you know what? I'm just on, I'm on a fucking moment today where I like, first of all, guys, and no shade to other people's podcasts, but I like heard this thing about the podcast that like Jason Beatman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes have.
1: Oh yeah, smartless. What is that smartless. Yeah.
0: Well, first of all, guys, I've never listened to it. You know, it's not for me. People but love it. People. It, it's yeah. and it's like hugely hugely rated. popular. Millions and it's of not downloads. Three hours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just say that it is definitely like. More mass appeal because, first of all, those guys are like all hugely famous. Yes, big stars, stars and they're really funny and like whatever. So I get like their podcast. I understand is yes. so much bigger than this podcast. I get it. But did you hear what they fucking sold it for to Amazon?
1: Oh my god, their no. catalog, no
0: fifty million dollars or something. <gasps> wow, that's or a
1: hundred. I I mean. That's a lot Wait, of money. Yeah,
0: wow. Let's look it up. I need to Google this.
1: Well, for anyone at home listening um, and thinking that that's what every podcast <laughs> makes, it is not.
0: Well, that's the. I mean, it's that's not. The thing. It's like nearly insane. Like, like we. I so I was talking to a friend of mine who is like definitely. um, Whatever. He, uh, is considering contemplating doing a podcast. Yes. And uh and part of it was like was like incoming calls, people asking. Yes. And you know, the person like referenced this deal in our conversation. And I yes. was like, well, listen, maybe you will be able to get
1: that because you're <laughs> a dude. <laughs> it was $80 million to You be- guys the fuck to no, no, no. be fair but they have to <clears throat> split it three ways right
0: <laughs> you can see my face guys but you don't need to you know that's what it, only my face looks like that's only 28 million dollars per guy for three white dudes who are already rich and famous <laughs> but the good news is guys they're all giving 70% of it to charity <laughs>
1: You just just decided? (laughs) JK,
0: JK, JK. I'm sure they give so much. Sorry. I'm just being a little, I'm a little snippy today because I think I'm PMSing. I mean, I know I'm PMSing and I'm just like, you know, everything feels like the future. Um, I had to go to the Apple Store at the Grove last week, and because um, I had this really weird thing happen to my whatever, it doesn't even matter. I need I'm getting a new email address and I'll, whatever, it's fine. Um, and like I felt like I was in the future. Like the Ted Lasso uh, at ad- advertisements that are like up everywhere inside the Apple Store made me feel like I was like in a Judd Apatow movie where that is like a fake TV show that a character played by Jason Sudeikis is starring on. Yes. It was like, I just felt, it was like, it felt all so meta. And then I was just like, I ran into a person that Casey and I had done business with. And that's part of my bitterness about, Podcast. That was a funny, like, a
1: funny little matrix joke.
0: <laughs> a funny was, little
1: simulation joke.
0: Well, you know, oh my God. Then, wait, I mean this, all of this. Guys, get the book. Get No One Is Talking About This, please, by Patricia Lockwood. So you can join our live book club. It'll happen sometime between the end of August and the end of September. I cannot tell you the date yet. You just have to have read the book to participate. It's not like a quiz. But if you haven't read the book, I will know. But anyway, wait, wait, listen. Okay. I had therapy yesterday for like two hours, and I had not been able to do therapy last week because obviously I was being a set mom and I was with Birdie every day on set. Then my one day off uh, was a dramatic mess. And that was the day I ran into the person that we had bad. We have, as Taylor Swift would say, bad blood. Yes. What was funny about the person was that they, as soon as they, they saw me like sort of surprisingly, we saw each other sort of surprisingly, like all of a sudden we like sort of, I don't want to explain how, but like we sort of like appeared before one another kind of. Ran into each other. And in their, I could see the glitch in their brain where they thought, oh, friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I was like, and they were like, and they were like. Hey guys, how's it, how's it going? <laughs> like, like that was like the first instinct. Yeah. And then I was like, ugh, ugh. like, I just was already in such a shitty mood. Cause I was already having like a very dramatic situation that day. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It didn't do <laughs> much for my mood. Anyway, I had therapy yesterday for two hours and, um, I said internet instead of universe on accident two times. Oh, wow.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really-
0: and then she said, and I think that this is right, like the universe provides information for you when you need the information. Like when you need to know the thing, the thing show, like 99.9% of the time, the thing shows up. If you don't need that information, it's not, it doesn't need to show up for you. You have to just like believe that shit. You got to just like move through life like that. Because if you don't, you're constantly in a state of like feeling, oh, that's the worst feeling. Feeling like someone's not telling you something or someone's being dishonest with you. Right. I mean, everyone, you know, the universe is being dishonest with you. Just trust that information comes when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Gina, what are you doing? Gina's like all <laughs> tangled up in my cords over here. Oh, my but gosh. But we, speaking of which. Yeah. Gawker's coming back. Saw. Well,
1: mm-hmm. I sent
0: it to you. There's a, uh, do you, have we talked about Dumois? Yeah, we have. Yes, Dumois, the, which is basically Gawker Stalker on Instagram. On Instagram. Which is why I, I that's my theory as to why Gawker's relaunching. Because
1: Dumois is Is successful. very popular. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Very, very popular. Well, I've now, even, guys, I don't want to encourage it because I think it's so shady, but now I just have a tendency to look at the Instagram stories on Dumois. Yeah. Do you ever watch them? Mm Mm-mm. That's where they put, that's where they post all the sightings, guys, of people being like, Casey St. Ange in a podcast sweatshirt. At At, JAR.
1: At JAR. Busy Phillips came by. Uh Uh-huh.
0: That's where that, that's like, it's all in the Instagram stories. Okay. There was like a crazy thing that happened over the weekend that made me laugh. What? I guess like BJ Novak was in, I guess this has happened to more than one guy on Dumois, more than one single dude on Dumois. Basically, BJ Novak was like in New York. I don't know if he lives there. Maybe he does. I haven't seen him in a long time. I've known BJ literally forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... (laughs) <laughs> and a bunch of people had different sightings of him with different girls. <gasps> oh, no. And the girls also follow Dumois. Oh, no. So then the girls were like, huh, okay, well, interesting, and then wrote into Dumois. So it was like this whole – and it was like his birthday weekend. And first of all, I mean, guys, you know, he's, he's like a single guy. He's a single dude. Who's like been on TV forever. Like, I don't know yeah. what you think, what's happening, you yes. know? It didn't seem particularly like any of the girls were super scandalized. Scandalized. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it didn't seem like any of them were like really in like some deep thing. Yeah. That, like, but it it was kind of funny. And then there were like two other dudes who I guess this has happened to on Dumois. Oh, dear. I know, which is just like, I don't know, in a way I'm sort of like, I mean, I don't care, but it does seem like kind of a bummer. I'm trying to think, I, I, I was trying to like figure out how I felt about it it's, or if yeah. I felt
1: anything about it. I mean, I guess you can't really stop it. It's weird that it's all aggregated in one place that people can go to now. But I guess if you're in the public eye, you can't really stop people from taking pictures of you, no matter who you're with. And there's always a chance that anyone would be... You know, even when I worked for Dave Letterman, like I had a situation where... Uh, before I even had a cell phone to blow up, my home phone blew up with people saying, "Oh my God, you're on hard copy because someone had filmed me walking with David Letterman to his car at the garage." Guys. Hollywood break, hard copy. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a Hollywood break. This is like an old person break. Yeah, this is hard like hard copy was hot like a old news magazine, like. Quote on a news tabloid like show, like a pre TMZ, a pre TMZ news tabloid show that was mostly celebrity gossip, but then they would like throw in like a missing person story or something, yeah, or like right? A, like a um, or like a murder a mystery dachshund
1: ate its owner or whatever. <laughs> like weird. I hope that's not a story that they covered. I mean, who? Knows? I don't want a dachshund to eat. A- yeah, one. Uh, yeah um, I don't either. But yeah, but uh, I was that's like, that's really funny. I was filmed, on hard copy. Uh, you're on hard copy with Dave. Like they're saying an unidentified female. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, they didn't try very hard to identify me. Very right. easy. Very could easy. Have, could have identified me.
0: <laughs> um, we, that's really funny. Well, anyway, Gina, don't eat my shoe. No. I don't know what I, I – don't know. I Yeah, I guess it's, like, it's fine. I just, like – it was kind of funny, but then I was, like, I felt bad that I thought it was kind of funny. And then I was, like, why do I feel bad that I, I – but I don't know. It's just because it all feels like an invasion. But at the same time, one of the girls was, like, I'm actually really glad because, like, I now I just, like, know that it is what I thought it was. Right. You know, right. like –
1: I don't know. But And I still. also feel like um though every girl could probably get like a, a movie deal themselves now. I bet they could write a movie based on Well, let me
0: tell you something. They would need to, they need to just spit that draft
1: out. You know what I mean? They need <laughs> yes. to just get yes. it out. They need to get it out. Yes. I, Casey, you got to get it out. I'm going to tell them it. and myself. Mm-hmm. But what are you... Wait, wait. Before we move on, I do want to recommend a book to you. And it's old. And maybe you already read it. But I think... It goes along with the book that we're currently obsessing Mm -hmm. over. And Mm -hmm. it goes along with you saying about your feeling about Ted Lasso in the Apple store. Okay, okay. A short story collection by Mm -hmm. George Saunders called In Persuasion Nation.
0: Oh. Why that sounds familiar?
1: That sounds familiar to me. You've probably read some stories that were published in like some stories from it were published in the New Yorker, Harper's Bazaar, Esquire at the time. It was written in, uh, it was, I think it was published in like 2005, but the stories, 2006, 2006. Okay. Yeah. But the stories (laughs) were stories that had come out since like going back to 1999. George Saunders is one of my favorite, authors one of my favorite writers and um I just want you to read it because I want to I actually want you to read it and I want you to video record your face as you read it so that I can watch it on a time lapse as you can I want to recognize you seeing the prescience in this book got it I'm in (laughs) That's that's I'm gonna not go too get much it. of a project, isn't it? No.
0: Uh-uh. I'm gonna go get uh am gonna go get it from the local indie bookstore. Yes. I also have been trying to get um um the book from Alok V. Menon. Um <sighs> Beyond the Gender Binary. Okay. But uh, it's not, I can't get it anywhere. It's so weird. Oh, So I have interesting. to order it. And I I have to say something about books. Two things. Number yeah. one, I have to have an actual book. I am yes. not a person that can read on a Kindle or an iPad or what have you. That's number one. Number two, I want to go to an independent bookstore only, but I always want them to have exactly what I want. And sometimes that is just not <laughs> possible so maybe what I should do is call ahead and then they can order it and then yes. they'll call me when it comes in and then I won't be disappointed
1: yes yeah mm. interesting I think that's that's the way to go because there's nothing worse I know everybody's doing their best but there's nothing worse than asking if a store independent or chain has something and mm-hmm. they say no but we can order it for you and then it's I'm like so disappointing I mean I know I can also order it for me yeah. Uh, but exactly. I'm here now with dollars yeah. in my hand. I'd like it right now. Yes. Is what I would like. Um okay. Well I can't wait to do that. So yeah. um, what are you doing your best at this week though? Oh wait, I guess I did buy the book. I just got a an <laughs> I just got a notification. You're not doing your best at remembering that you bought that book already that you wanted. That's okay. That's all right.
0: Um, I'm doing my best. What am I doing my best at? Oh, mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. A couple of things. Number one, I've decided that I want to um stop doing gel extension nails. Okay. That I'm like over it okay. after all these years. It's been twelve. Wow. <laughs> or That's a long time. I think I just didn't do it when I was pregnant with cricket. Yeah. I think okay. I started really getting them after birdie. Okay. When I was on Cougar Town, Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I didn't do it while I was pregnant with Crix. Seems arbitrary. I don't know why I made that choice. Who knows? Um, but I've like done it for a long time. My nails are like wrecked. And at one time in my life, I did have nice nails that like weren't peely and hard, but I'm also afraid that maybe that's just like menopause shit guys. Right. I, just, I don't
1: know. Which we're about we're going to talk, talk to, to Stacy about in London about about mm-hmm. how that is like having shitty nails is like a symptom of menopause. Well, but it also could be a symptom of having hard yes. gel. It could be a combination.
0: For, it could be you mm-hmm. know it could be anything. So that's I've been so I've like made that decision. Okay. And then the second thing that I've been doing my best at or trying to do my best at working toward, um, self love. <clears throat> Did Gina bark right when I said it? She yep. Died. Motherfucker. <laughs> it's okay. How am I supposed to love myself when everyone just barks all over me all the time? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> no, self-love. Like loving, like, like not just loving myself, because but like really like what the fuck is that and what does it mean and how do I like actually... Embrace it in terms of like, yeah. I I think like I'm I'm fucking great at so many th- like I'm great at stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I I feel like I have a lot, but I am so hard on myself. Yeah, and uh, and I feel a great deal of like guilt. Yeah, and a lot of the time for stuff yeah. that I don't know. I just like had this fucking epiphany literally on Sunday like 2 days ago that I, that I don't like a lot of things that I've like let go of I do not need to hold some guilt about things that like really isn't my it's not mine you know what i mean does yeah. that make sense yeah But, like, also, like, people's expectations of me, if it doesn't work out for them in the way that they were – their expectation, I would always feel super guilty. Right. But I just had this, like, oh, shit. Like, that's their work, actually. And I'm not saying that – I'm not saying that that's an excuse for me to be, like, a shitty person or whatever. Right. You know that I'm, like, always trying. But I also – really relate to that Taylor Swift lyric. You know, I, I think I told you that I let Birdie pick the music on the way to and from work every day. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. I just thought,
0: you know, when I would go to work on a show, I needed to, like, listen to music, get myself, like, into a vibe or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I heard literally every Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo song that has, I mean, there are many more Taylor Swift songs than Olivia Rodrigo songs out there, but I heard them repeatedly like so many repeatedly but anyway there is a taylor swift lyric that's like like one thing that's true about me like i try and i try and i try which i think is like i'm referencing taylor swift now on this podcast i can't even casey please i like you know what i mean listen
1: i mean i know relatable and you have to take your you can't control what's relatable to you either you know what I mean? And sometimes you find wisdom in the darndest places that you never expected to. And so, you know, big props to Taylor Swift. Like, she is incredibly relatable in so many ways. But I think that thing of, like, I think that thing of, like,
0: pushing, trying, pushing, trying, it, like, never occurred to me that part of what my... What I part of what I need to do before I push and try is to figure out why I'm doing this yes. and and then let myself off the fucking hook of spiraling in like guilt and or shame or whatever and also like you know in. Relationships with like pre existing relationships when people have these things that they like put on me. I think that I'm just having finally like a therapy breakthrough or whatever, where I'm like, oh, I would just take it all on. Right. And even if I would like fight about it with whoever in my life. I would still take it on and then like feel it and feel like shit. Just feel like shit. I just spend, I think people, I don't know if people would be surprised. No, you guys follow me on Instagram. You listen to this fucking podcast. You've already made it like an hour and 10 minutes in or whatever. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? You, you probably aren't, maybe aren't surprised to know that I spend a great deal of my, I have spent a great deal of my life feeling terrible, like feeling like shit about, Lots of stuff yeah, in many different ways. And like just having the compassion for myself and the realization that like there are things that just are not yours, that you don't need to feel guilty about people putting stuff on you that you can't like expectations you can't meet or things that are outside of what you're willing to do or what you want to do you don't have to, you just have to be open with yourself and with others about what it is that you're able and willing to do. And then beyond that, like let whatever guilt trip they try to give you go. Cause that's
1: not, it's not for you. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's not even intentional. Yes. I agree. I think it's just the way that certain people like either come into this world or the way that they're nurtured in the world versus the way someone like you comes into this world and is nurtured in this world. I'm going to try to say a quick metaphor for something. And this is like... You know I love him. You know I love him. no shade to my husband. But like just the other day, he has this, a t-shirt, like a favorite t-shirt that he likes. And it's nice. And it had like an oil stain on it. And it got set in, in the wash. And when he pointed it out, I immediately launched into okay, here's what, I'm looking it up on the internet. Here's what they say you have to do. And it was like this 10 step process. And do we have all the things for the process? And like, let me see it and let me do. And then I just stopped myself and I was like, wait a minute. This, like, I love this guy, but this is not my t-shirt. This is not my oil stain. <laughs> I, do, You know? Oh my God.
0: This is not my t-shirt. This, this is, is not, not my oil, oil stain. stain.
1: And I just was like That's I, new merch. <laughs> I just was like, and he hadn't even asked me. But he right, was standing, he was standing there letting me do the thing that I always fucking do, uh-huh. which is jump in and try uh-huh. to solve something. And uh-huh. then I was like, I have fifty thousand fucking problems that are like, you know, equal. Mm-hmm. And a com- script. Yeah. To write. And a script to write <laughs> that are equal to like Many oil stains that I could be tending to and I love you and I want your lo- your life and your favorite t-shirt to be oil stain free, but this is just something I got to leave for you because, you know, and it's not to say that I won't ever do anything to help him out. Like, that's not the case. But I just had already gotten myself so twisted up about what it was my responsibility to take care of. And I just was like, that's not my journey or my plan for today to like work on getting an oil stain out of a t-shirt. Like, it's just, and he was like, when I said that, when I stopped myself, I explained to him why I was stopping myself and saying, it's no shade to you. It's something that I'm doing to myself. And he was like, I 100% get that. And I 100% understand. and and like this is a project for me when I have time and if it works out great but if it doesn't it's not the end of the world but it is 100% not your problem and you know I just think that like I'm doing that and I see you doing that in relationships with people all the time like even when it even when it's something that has to do with you it's just like You have to love yourself as much as you would love anyone else. And I see Mm -hmm. you loving people that fuck up all the time. I see Mm -hmm. you loving people that are doing their best, but it's not what's best for you, you know? Mm -hmm. I see you... You know, and even, like, it really applies... You think about your kids. You think about things through the prism of, like, your kids or your parents, maybe. Like, they do things all the time that, like... (laughs) get you upset and cause, you know, it's caused to have like this big conversation and, and sort things out. But you never don't love that person. You right. never lord it over that person continually for the rest of their life. The one time that they did something that hurt your feelings or let you down, you know, you let the person live it down. And so that's my wish for you is that like you let your let yourself live things down. yeah. And just like once it's done, once it's dealt with and filed away, then yeah, just put it down and and walk away from it like you would do for anyone else. I think that that's like
0: much better said than everything I've already said on this podcast. But what did you say? <laughs> I, <laughs> you what let, was it? How did you say you would let someone else down? Down? You would, not you down. Would
1: let someone live let them in, live something. Live it down. down. Live you know? something down. Right? Yeah. I
0: yes, I have, and I have. There's almost, like, no one – there's only one person in my life who got, like, truly kicked to the fucking curb. And that took a lot. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah. And
1: it's – I mean, mean, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, and and that was, like, a huge fucking thing. Yeah. But I I generally do – I'm really good about – yeah, like just letting people live something down and like just like accepting apologies and moving forward and like all of that stuff.
1: I and am. not only that, if someone if someone in your life did something that hurt you or whatever or that just even rubbed you the wrong way and they apologized for it and you let you gave them an opportunity and let them live it down. If they continued to apologize and feel bad for it, I don't think you would let them do that. I think you would say, "You got to stop. You right. have to stop doing this because, like, at this point, it's not productive, and I know you're sorry, and I know and we're past it. Right. so like that's that's also my wish for you is that you would say to yourself, like, I gotta stop. I already made amends to myself and to who I need to make amends to if that's necessary. Or like sometimes it just is what it is. Like you did the best you can and it didn't turn out the way that anyone expected. And like, you know, you can't hold yourself responsible for things that you had no control over. But I have. Everyone does. I'm sure. You know what? That's not true. I think. I think people like us do, and I think other people never do. They wouldn't even consider it. And I think it wouldn't cross their mind. Yeah, that must be a delightful way to walk through life. But it's kind of like imagine when we were talking to Suchin Park about when you're considering like sort of speaking out against something. And people tell you, you're going to ruin this person's life. And you think about, well, how much thought did they give to my life before they did this that really affected me? Mm. You know, it's it's sort of like whenever I'm like stewing over something, I do mm-hmm. always wonder how much is the other person involved stewing over this. Yeah, I know
0: somebody had said that to me like, I don't know. I feel like when I was like a child, someone said that yeah. to me, you know. But honestly, it feels to me like... I can't, that's, that doesn't work for me. Cause I'm always like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm, I'm upset. You know, I know what I mean? Like it doesn't, literally doesn't matter.
1: But yeah, you just, you can't care. You're very strong, but you're not strong enough to carry the burden of like every little pebble and stick that you come across and but every I have other been, person. I have been doing that for yeah. a really
0: long time. So that's what I've been doing my best at. I feel like this week, I feel like I've been doing I feel like I've been doing well. Like, I I actually, I feel different about yeah. certain things. And, like, and I just, and I hope I, um, I don't know. I hope I can continue to, like, breathe through
1: it and allow myself that. I think yeah. you, I think you will. And if I see you not, I'll let you know. Well, thanks, Casey. You're a real friend. <laughs>
0: Guys, today we're talking with Stacey London. Um, if you are like me and Casey, you remember Stacy first seeing Stacy on the TLC show What Not to Wear, where Stacy and her co-host Clinton Kelly would surprise unsuspecting people that had been nominated by their friends and family and give them a complete style makeover. It was like an Oprah
1: makeover. Episode, but all the time. But the whole show. And there were, That's the whole show. I feel like they made a billion episodes. Yeah. There were two makeovers per show, I think, right? It was just a great show, and they made so many episodes oh, per year. So good. And I watch everyone and I miss I it all them. the time. And Stacy has taken
0: like an interesting pivot in her life, and she's become the CEO of a brand, which is not advertising on our podcast. I just want to be clear about that. Yes. But and we normally like Generally speaking, we get like requests for people who are like CEOs of brands to be on the pod. And it feels a little bit like kind of weird sometimes because I'm like, well, we don't know the products. I don't know. It feels confusing. But specifically in this case, I feel like that conver- this conversation was like super interesting, really important because her product line is about like menopause symptoms. But yes. it's also just like Stacey has a lot of knowledge now that she wants yes. to share and... Uh I just want to like give that little yeah preamble before we get into it because I don't want you to be listening to it and have in the back of your head like, wait is this an ad for
1: yes no the product you can, it's not. you can buy or not buy, but the knowledge is free and she shared it freely and I was really grateful to get to talk me to her too because-
0: I felt like I mean all right, let's listen to it yeah Genexa, Genexa. <laughs> okay, guys, here's the deal. I I didn't know this until I learned about Genexa. And I learned about Genexa through a friend of mine who is like a very naturally minded person. And I'm always like, I want to live the way that you live. <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, here, you need to start using this stuff instead of like, the traditional stuff that you've had in your medicine cabinet because that's filled with unnecessary chemicals. But Genexa is medicine with the active ingredients you need minus the artificial junk that your body does not need. Like, do you know that your allergy medicine that you might be taking could actually have allergens in it? That's, that's insane. Seems weird. It seems antithetical to the cause. While Genexa is finally bringing some common sense to the medicine aisle, you want your medicine to help you feel better. I mean, you don't want it to make you feel worse. Genexa was founded by two dads who were on a mission to make clean medicines. It has the same effective active ingredients you need without artificial dyes, preservatives, and fillers. I actually
1: had a friend whose child was allergic to artificial color. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've known people that are sensitive to preservatives and I'm, you know, I, you know what I'm allergic to the preservative maltodextrin. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Which is by the way, in a lot of shit. It's also the key word here is unnecessary. If you don't unnecessary, it, why is it in there?
0: I don't know. But they do have, Genexa has everyday essential medicines for adults, kids, and infants. It covers a variety of health issues. Your whole family is covered. They have a huge network of healthcare professionals across the U.S. helping patients and their families join the clean medicine revolution. It is real medicine. It is real medicine. It's what you need. In your medicine cabinet. just made without the filler.
1: And also, I'll say it again, really cute packaging. (laughs) My medicine cabinet is 100% cuter, full of Genexa. I actually think that's true, too. The kids' stuff, too. Yeah. Because I got a bunch of the kids' stuff.
0: So start cleaning out your medicine cabinet today. Also, by the way, it's a great time to do that, no matter, like, anyway. Yes. I did that when we moved, and, like, I was like, oh, my God, this bottle of whatever is literally from 2015. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's time, to, time to throw
1: it out. Time to move on. So clean your cabinet and replace everything that you need to replace with Genexa. It's better. It doesn't have unnecessary ingredients. You'll nope. be thrilled. Go to genexa.com slash busy for
0: 20% off your first purchase. Go to genexa.com slash busy for 20% off. Your first purchase, okay? So it's Genexa, and it's spelled G E N E X A dot com slash busy. Olive in June, Olive in June, Olive in June. We were just we were talking about Olive and June naturally, yeah. And just, here they are, advertisers on our pod, just because we love it. We love it. We have fallen in love with their Manny system.
1: And their company, to be honest. We have fallen in love with
0: their company. Yeah. We have fallen in love with everything that Olive and June is all about. And I love them. And they're going to help me rehab my nails. I think that, I think I really think they will.
1: Yeah. They're going to really help you. And it's, you're going to be able to do it yourself. And it's going to look great and last for two weeks. Yeah.
0: Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't want to go into a salon anymore because for obvious reasons. Right. The Olive and June Manny system makes your at-home Manny look so good and lasts. Well, yours lasted two weeks. That's crazy.
1: Olive and June does say that their typical manicure lasts seven plus days, that their polish lasts seven plus days. I've gotten over two weeks out of a manicure and a pedicure. Just saying. You're... You have, you, you are just saying it has
0: happened. Yes. Um, and the bonus is that I saw your nails and honestly, it looked like you had gotten a professional manicure.
1: It's true. I know yeah. some even someone who's like equally as fancy as you asked me where I got my nails done. And I was so proudly said, I did this myself. At right. My because
0: part of it is this, this Manny system guys comes with everything you need, all the tools that you need to make it look perfect. It's only five steps. And it comes with this little like silicone thing that you put on top of the nail polish that makes um, it easy to paint with even the hand that's like not your dominant hand. Yes, um, it's wild that it works. I don't understand it, but it does. Um, it works because little, they were
1: they were so thoughtful in designing it, and it just gives like a lot of surface area to grip and a little bit of right, right, weight right. to your hand, yes. so that you're mm-hmm. not so shaky. And that's the right. the brushes oh your slack. So You've thought about this. You've well, they this. they've been so thoughtful, and they really thought about like, well, what makes it hard to paint your nails? What can mm-hmm. we do to make it easy. And they did all of those things and it just works so well. Listen, also guys, if you're on a budge,
0: budget. (laughs) If you're on a budget, the Manny system with six polishes breaks down to like basically $2 a Manny. I mean, I don't know how much you spend when you go to the salon, but it's like usually anywhere from 20 to like 60 bucks. (laughs) I mean, yeah, 20 would be a deal. Yeah. Um, the polish is amazing. We love it. Our nails have never looked so good. I'm just really committed to continuing with my Olive and June journey. It's my me time. I love (laughs) it. It makes it like literally soothes me to paint my nails. I love it. Yeah. Um, and now you guys at home, if you've been waiting to try it out, you can get 20% off your first Manny system with our code best. Your new nail life is here. You guys Go get that new nail life. 20% <gasps> off your first mani system when you use the promo code BEST at oliveandjune.com. We are done with expensive bad manis. This is the new us. <laughs> Stacy London. <laughs> Stacy, I've, you know, I told you this when we met years ago. Yeah. It, at South by Southwest, like the digital festival that we were both speaking on the same panel, early days. Early um, days
2: of social media.
0: Of social media. We had both been asked to talk on this, speak on this panel. And I have been a huge fan of yours forever. You know that. that like,
1: well, I
2: mean, it's mutual.
1: Uh, everyone's a huge <laughs> like, fan of Stacey's. Who hasn't dreamed of having Stacey show up? <laughs> somewhere where you're unsuspecting and be like, everyone wants you to dress, dress differently because they love you. And they want well,
0: you to I look your best. that. I appreciate with that, that. I have a I question do. about what not to wear. Yes, start with that. Let's start with that. What, how did that happen? <laughs>
2: Well, it's a really good story, actually. I um, I was a magazine editor. That was my my first career, and um, then uh, I was I got fired from the magazine that I worked for. Mademoiselle, may she rest. I loved that magazine so much. And I got fired after being there for four years as the senior fashion editor. New editor in chief came in, kind of cleaned house when it came to the fashion department. So I'd been a stylist there for, for many years. And, um, and I know it's very privileged to say this, but I, I hope that everybody, your listeners will take this in the right way. Um, it is, I think, essential to be fired at some point in your life. And really, I believe that because one, it's not just that it's humbling, right? It's that... One when really truly when one door closes, it's not that another one necessarily opens. It forces you to look for doors to open. Mm. And for me, I spent a year kind of freelance styling. I had an agent, but I wasn't doing, you know, high fashion anymore. I was doing bank commercials and high C commercials for little kids and, you know, dressing men and women and and not necessarily six-foot-tall, hundred-pound models, right? So I gained all this styling experience that really wasn't about high fashion. It was about real fashion. It was about personal style. And so when my agent at the time got, my styling agent got a phone call about, some show, and they were looking for stylists who had editorial experience and who who had dressed celebrities and who had dressed models, but also knew something about, you know, dressing real people and who could talk a lot without a script. And I was like, you're like, hi, you're, here I am. that's me. I love here to I talk. Um, so after eight months of I, I mean, I didn't even know what the show was for. It was something with a C, right? ABC, NBC, TLC, BBC. <laughs> I I was like, it's a it's a channel with a C. Uh, hey, all the best job. channels yeah, have C's. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Channels have C's, and I I met with them. I watched the show, the original English version of the show with Trini and Susanna, and I thought. I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't want to squeeze people's boobs. And I'm not sure this is right for me. I've never, I
0: had never seen the British version. I only, yeah. the
2: first, the first version I
0: ever saw was, was you.
2: Well, that makes me even happier. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> so here we were, we, we had something, um, you know, we had this format that we were going to follow and it, you know, I, I auditioned over and over again for eight months And every freelance stylist in New York City was up for it, right? Some people said they got the job. Some people said they were sure they were going to get it. Some people knew they hadn't gotten it. And I just didn't know what to make of any of it. And I went on vacation in Spain with my family. It was like a big family trip and we were in madrid and i get a phone call from my agent saying they want you to come back for a final um you know i don't know round of cuts it was like 28 of us or 27 of us you that's made it to like, the top 27 i mean that's still what? a lot of people exactly that's what i said <laughs> and they were like we're going to film you at a cocktail party and they're going to they're going to look for chemistry between the hosts and i said no way you've got me on film. You've like, I've done this a thousand times. I went to a park and pretended to like do a commentary on red carpet outfits in the middle of a park near 8th Avenue as like off the top of my head. So, you know, I was like, imagine Angelina Jolie is standing in front of you. I'm like, yeah, great strapless dress. Love the way, you know, compliments your curves. That's like like, literally insane literally insane. So I was like, no, I'm not coming back. I'm on this family vacation. My agent was like, "Okay, I'm going to talk to them and just let them know, you know, they they know that you can't come back." And my stepmother at the time when I got off the phone said to me, "You are totally crazy. You need to go back and go to that party because you're going to go and you are going to get that job and it is going to change your life." And so I got on a plane and I went home. Oh my god. And I went to the party. And I got the job. She was wow. right. Wow, was she, she was always like a psychic? One thousand percent right. <laughs> no, I think she just she really felt. <clears throat> and and looking back, I think I feel pretty strongly about the fact that it was like you know the Steve Jobs thing of connecting the dots backwards. When I think uh-huh. about all the experience, even my experience in studying like philosophy and psychology in college everything right. wound up making sense. So that when I got to What Not To Wear, it was like all of my experience bared down on that on that job. It's just everything I had learned up to that, all of my skills went to good use in one place.
0: I love that. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I have recently, I felt that with Girls 5Eva, like with that job yeah. for me. I yeah. felt like that with my, Michelle when she got... Um, the one, you know, about Fosse the Verdon. Thank you. What is wrong with my the brain? what? The what Fossey Verdon. Fossey oh, Verdon. Yes. You know, yes. like I think sometimes there's like a perfect confluence of skill sets that come into focus and you're like, oh, this is actually the thing that's gonna allow me to shine so bright. I'm glad that, your you stepmother know, recognized that and was like,
1: Go. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm, so, I'm so glad too, because we were talking a little bit earlier just about how, what a great show, What Not to Wear was. And I'm glad you didn't do it like Trini and Susanna, because I had seen that show. And yeah. it's a perfect example of how you can take a concept and make it your own and imbue it with who you are. And who you were on that show was somebody that was empowering everyone. Not everyone on that show was a model. Nobody on that show was a model. And Mm -hmm. you were taking people and just making them feel very welcomed. And you were so warm and saying, like, you have the right to look good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, and it, it, so for me, who's, who's not a, Uh, model it just it was like very instructive and also because sometimes when you're a regular person it's very weird you guys probably have never experienced this but as like the regular girl in the room people sometimes act like you don't have a right to have
2: style you know what I mean like they're like I I understand what you're saying what are you wearing that for
1: like what are you trying to draw attention to what you are for like and, (laughs) and you on that show were just like yes take it take your style you deserve it and that was really super empowering and i think it was a bigger deal than maybe even maybe maybe a bigger deal than you realize stacy
2: well i appre- i really appreciate that and there there are a couple of things that i would say about that one you know when we first started we were told to really mimic Trini and Susanna, and what I realized very quickly is that you can get a lot. You can get away with a lot if you have an English accent. You're not kidding. You're you are so not
1: kidding. I worked for Graham Norton, and I felt like any of (laughs) anything he was saying, if an American person tried to say it on American television, it wouldn't have flown.
2: And it didn't. You know, we 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 did eleven episodes for that first season, and I thought that's sort of the lost season. I had a different co-host and uh, I thought, okay, well, I did it. I did 11 episodes. I'll be able to go back to my styling clients and say, look, I was on TV and I'll probably be able to charge a hundred dollars more a day. <laughs> and I, that was like the most that I was hoping for. And then, you know, they had three months to decide whether or not they were going to do a second season. Four days before that deadline, they called me and they said, we're going to do a second season and we're going to do 15 episodes. And then a couple of weeks after that they said we're we're going to fly you to LA we want you to do chemistry tests for a new host so I we went back and forth LA and New York I did a ton of chemistry tests Until Clinton Kelly, who touched my knee in the middle of this, in this weird, (laughs) you know, interview that we were doing. And we just started laughing so hard that they sort of, you know, the executives there were sort of like, yep, okay, we found our match. And then Bank of America came on as a sponsor. So we went from 50 to, uh, sorry, 15 to 60 episodes in that second season, which meant that we were doing... A show and a half a week, if Incredible. not more. Sometimes oh we just God. never stopped working, <laughs> and yeah, and then and and for a long time, I said yes to every other opportunity. So I wound up. Um, becoming a Today Show correspondent. I did a lot of fashion segments for Oprah. Uh, Then I started doing, you know, spokesperson stuff like Pantene and Dr. Scholls and Mm -hmm. Woolite. And because for me, it was this unexpected gift to be able to do any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And certainly I never thought that I would be like a hair model at 40. But, you know, the one thing that it really taught me was that for a long time, I just never said no. And I was so worried that this kind of window of opportunity was going to close. And then what was I going to do, right? So I wanted to do everything. And the issue with that is that after 10 years, um, I kind of burnt out at the whole thing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to be honest. It, it, it was like, you know, it would be a Today Show in the morning, you know, get there at, at 7 a.m., and then I would go to a What Not to Wear shoot, and then I would do something for Access Hollywood at night, or I would have one day off in between um, um, shooting segments for What Not to Wear, and I would, like, fly somewhere to do a commercial. Like, I feel like, Busy, this is your life now, really. Well, and y- it bit. was yeah. for a minute. Yeah, yeah. But I also think that, look, you know, it's funny. Like, when when you told me you were coming out of uh, retirement to do Girls 5 Eva, and I was, like, laughing because it's like, <laughs> like you haven't really been in retirement. But just that idea that there's more than one incarnation of you, yeah. like the, that how, how social media became the medium by which you really got to shine, yeah. right? I mean, for yeah. all these other things. And what I find so interesting, what I think is so powerful is that we all have more than one iteration of who we are in ourselves to begin with, right? And mm-hmm. it's all of these external circumstances that are going to determine whether or not you kind of, you know, fall into that next iteration, make that next iteration happen. Um, so for me, it's really interesting. I'm 52 now. And when I look back on, you know, really what I was doing until I was about about 44 or 45, it's just unfathomable to me that I was trying to do all that stuff at once. <laughs> and and certainly, um, I you know, I think there were both like physical and mental health ramifications for that. And it really took me like a good, I'm going to say a good five years to kind of figure out where I wanted to be after that. Mm -hmm. And the biggest issue for me was this idea of um, feeling like my use value had sort of dropped, Mm -hmm. right? That I didn't know where I was supposed to be after what not to wear. I thought I was leaving a show, Like a job, not the job, not the only thing that I was ever going to be known for. And in a lot of ways, I think there were were pros and cons to that, right? I mean, I got to enjoy all the benefits of what it means to be on television for a long time. Um, And then there was the flip side of that, which is that I don't feel like anybody could see me in any different way other than that particular version of myself, right? Whether it was a persona or not, just the idea that it's Stacy from What Not to Wear. It's not Stacy from anything else. And a really telling story is that like a few years ago, I went out to LA to pitch a show about middle age and transformation and what that looks like. Career pivot, style, Leaving a bad marriage, you know, Uh, basically what we wanted
0: the podcast to be, (laughs) yeah.
2: But but empty nest syndrome, you know, all of the things that start to happen when you're in middle age that we uh, certainly as at me as a Gen Xer never felt I had permission to talk about. Right? I was brought up to think it's like you know we're all women are all competitive. We're not collaborative. There's one job. There's one partner. There's you know we're all fighting for space. Instead of what I've learned from younger generations, which is this idea that, you know, being open and honest and vulnerable and transparent really allows for a much deeper, richer conversation. And I will say that if I ever did another show like What Not to Wear, I think it would be very different. I think I would want to do more than what we did on the show, which was very instructional. We, I call it the three E's. Like, we knew we were supposed to be entertaining, and then we realized that people were actually taking our roles, and it was educational. But yeah. nobody expected the emotional transformation that was happening both to the participant and to the viewer. And one of the things that really struck me about that is how much passive information we give people by what we wear and the way that we look and how we take care of ourselves, right? There's a lot I can tell by looking at somebody. And I think we all feel this way, like, oh, that person's not feeling great about themselves or Mm -hmm. wow, you know, they, they look tired or anything that we might assume, right? For me. External things can really tell you a lot about internal psychology. And so I took all of that experience and tried to say, hey, there's a a TV show here about what that means – in a much deeper experience for somebody, for for women in particular who are going through the quote unquote cliche midlife crisis. Because what I really think is that we can have a midlife renaissance, and we can figure out how that happens. Right? Nobody wanted to make this show. Everybody told me it's not sexy, it's not cool, and I'm like, you know, you're all a bunch of fucking ageists.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and, and I'm sure, and I'm sure a bunch of men as. Casey and I have experienced in rooms, looked at you and said, yeah, but do women really want to watch that?
1: Exactly. We've gotten that. We've gotten that note before. Yes. A lot of men saying like... uh I, I don't think women want to watch this. And me being like, well, what the fuck would you know about what
2: it? The, right, exactly. And also just this idea of, you know, why can't this be something joyful? Why can't we talk about middle age as something to celebrate? Like, one of the things that I say now at 52 is like, my someday is today yes every day I that. that i get to do something now because i used to put that stuff off and think i've got all this time on my hands and one of the things that i that really struck me right was the loss of my father it was a real you know gut check in terms of mortality it was a real gut check in terms of how do i want the rest of my life to look and what does that mean to me and honestly during the pandemic i for me at first i'm not going to lie Before shit really hit the fan, I was so relieved by the pandemic. Because here I was sort of floating around, not knowing what I was doing, basically being told by television executives that I didn't have an interesting show, which made me feel a little bit like I internalized that, like, okay, nobody wants to watch me. I'm not cool. I'm too old. I'm all the things. Um, And I was very relieved by this sense that the world had to stop, right? We all had to pause um no pun intended although we'll, we'll get to that later but you know that idea that i was like what is the what is the kernel of truth for me like mm-hmm. if i'm not going back to television and I, you know magazines mm-hmm. don't really exist anymore what is what is what does it look like when i've already written two books on style i've already done this show on style people don't aren't interested in what i'm interested in the same way and i think you know certainly back in 2003 how-to shows were a big deal. You know, right. it was before social media and you wanted an expert to kind of help you decide something, right? You know, how-to, the, the 10,000 hours of being an expert, you know, right. I, I, I do think that still applies to people who fly planes, but not necessarily <laughs> to style experts or to fashion people. Right. And what we saw with the rise of bloggers and hence influencers was this idea of really going from how-to to me too right and i don't mean that in the larger more right, right, serious right. sense of the hashtag but just this idea of like i can look at busy's top and be like i love that and and relate to you on that level mm-hmm. instead of having you tell me this is what i should be wearing right and so right. you know for me that whole idea of the shoulds have really disappeared in an incredibly positive and, I think, expansive way. So if I was to do another show, it would certainly have to be with that in mind, that, that it is a collaborative effort to create somebody's style, that you help them where they're unsure of themselves or afraid, or, you know, you push them outside their comfort zone a little bit, but with the intention of making them more of who they are. Not Mm -hmm. who they don't, you know, they they think they need to be, but who they actually desire to be. And while I was thinking about all of this during the pandemic, it really occurred to me that I was going to need to figure out another way to reach this audience. To talk Mm -hmm. to this woman who, if is in middle age, may be having a real crisis of identity. And part of that is about age. And part of that, as I learned doing my own research, that uh, menopause was causing a lot of self-doubt and sadness, depression. Um, You know, it's not just about sort of how you feel, but certainly your looks start to change. Um, I was saying to Casey before, like, I pretty much look the same from 32 to 48, and then (laughs) shit just started to go south, right? I mean, I was like, I don't recognize. I used to have a waist. What happened, right? right? It's not, it wasn't even gaining weight. It was like, Body redistribution weight. Yes, I was like, yes. where did this arm flap come from? I mean, <laughs> I just, all of a sudden, my skin was so dry; it was like I was constantly peeling. And I just, I was so frustrated by looking in the mirror and being like, when did my face get square? I have jowls. <laughs> like, what
1: is what the fuck is happening? Do you guys remember when Cher recreated the turn back time outfit? And everybody posted it, like, side by side. And I was like, even fucking Cher's body has changed. Changed! So, I mean, like, that made me feel better. But, yes, you're right. It just – you just change. And everyone around you changes as well. But what you do to yourself over those changes
2: is – it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it is an internal conversation that I think has – external circumstances that in turn make us feel ashamed and stigmatized. And menopause is completely polarizing. Some people feel very uh, comfortable talking about it. Others do not. I did not see anybody who had any kind of platform really taking hold of this conversation and saying, hey, you know, this is not something to be scared of. It may be hard, but like the same way we would never let kids go through puberty without telling them what's going on. Totally. Why are we letting women sail through puberty, pregnancy, postpartum, even discussions about infertility, and not talk about this kind of final phase of hormonal health. And frankly, it's because our moms didn't tell us, right? So, well, it's a whole,
0: I mean, for me, it's, this is, it's all a part of the whole thing, right? Like, it's all a part of reproductive rights and justice. And and just, and awareness, like yeah. we need to have these conversations. I don't know enough about, I mean, you know, people have often said my oversweating is perimenopausal. I mean, I would agree, except that I've been that way since I was 31. So <laughs> I don't actually, so I don't think
2: that this oversweating has to do with that particular thing. Maybe, right. And also look, you know, the thing is, if you are in your forties, chances are if you are coming to menopause chronologically by age, you're already in one phase of it. Right, menopause is not one thing. There's different phases. There's pre, there's peri, and there's post. And menopause is really the one day, the 12 months since your last period, you are officially in menopause. But the thing is, starting in your 40s, even if you still have your period, you can still start. You know, you start losing estrogen, and it's not the only hormone that you're losing. And the fact is that those symptoms, I could never have connected the dots because I had no. I I, I was telling Casey. See, I thought menopause was optional. Like, it didn't occur to me that I was actually going to go through it or that anybody I'll was going to I'll deal go with through it, it the day
1: that, like, I th- th- thought it was like a week long thing. Like, I'll deal with that the week it comes up. Like, I'll just, and exactly. then I'll be the week over it, comes it. Up. it. I do exactly.
0: have to say, like, I am not looking forward. It's knowing how much I sweat already. I'm
2: not looking forward to the hot flash. Journey. No, and you may, listen. You may get you might skip um, it. More severe symptoms. You may not even experience those symptoms. That's the thing about menopause is it's almost different for every single person, like and, pregnancy you know, or
0: like your periods right. or like sex right. or like, or like se- anything that we experience with
2: our bodies. Yes, yeah. and you know, look, you were talking about reproductive rights before, and you know, there is something I want to say about that. The the thing that really I struggle with is this idea that women are, their worth is reduced to their reproductive health. Mm -hmm. And that in a lot of ways, I think some of the stigma around menopause is this idea of you're no longer fertile, right? For some women, that can be a very painful kind of secondary grief where you're saying goodbye To something your body is no longer able to do, but that has nothing to do with your worth as a person. I mean, certainly in terms of our, you know, sociobiology, we have moved past this idea that women are only worth something if they have children. What about women who don't want to have children, Mm -hmm. or you know, people who are non-binary? I mean, it, it is menopause is a hormonal health issue that has to be addressed so that we can have agency around it. The fact is, the knowledge is power here. And the minute that you, you know, sort of don't want to think about it or you put it off, like, it never even occurred to me... I started to have a collection of symptoms that I blamed on everything else because I didn't know that perimenopause was what was happening to me. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to Casey, I had, you know, and Busy, you know this, like I had pretty major spine surgery. Mm -hmm. And then about two years after that, my dad passed away. And so I attributed all of the physical symptoms I had, food allergies, skin rashes, all sorts of things to the grief that I was experiencing mm-hmm. around my dad because I seemed to be getting symptoms that he was having while he was sick. My heart palpitations, like this crazy insomnia, the night sweats. And and then I also thought it was the physical trauma of spine surgery, like yes. just getting my strength back and muscle fatigue and joint pain. All of these things are perimenopausal symptoms and any kind of trauma will either heighten those symptoms or those symptoms can heighten any kind of trauma. But this was unknown Mm. to me. And even when I went to my doctors, both my primary care and my gynecologist, they were like, it's menopause. You'll, you'll, you'll deal with it. It's hard, but you'll deal with it. And it's exactly what you said, Busy. Like you're not looking forward to it. I understand that because menopause is hard, but it's just not hopeless. And there was nobody Mm. telling me how to get through it. And I was like, well, then This is the audience that I wanted to talk to anyway. Why not walk into this conversation and be the person to say, Hey, your external symptoms, your night, your night sweats, your hot flashes, your insomnia, your weight gain, your moodiness, all of this should be completely validated. And it is a health issue like any other. And if we can take care of some of those external symptoms, you're gonna feel a little bit calmer. You're gonna have knowledge that gives you you know, power over this situation. And also just this idea of the shame. The shame, I, I mean, right. I had such bad hot flashes. It looked like I was taking a shower, you know, <laughs> okay. while in the I, middle of Casey, a conversation.
0: I'm going to just tell you a story real fast that I think you're going to fucking love so much, which is, Casey, how we hired a woman on our show, <laughs> yes. on our talk show, <laughs> to be our line producer, our, our UPN. Which is a
1: pretty a pretty it's big a pretty, deal. It's a pretty big deal. Job. It's a big
0: job. We were interviewing people. We had a bunch of very experienced people come in. People that were great. People were great. Mostly men, if I'm being real. Mostly men who were older, older men Mm. coming in. I was a little bit like, I can't ask my dad for money. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I can't, because you guys at home, Hollywood break, we haven't done one of these in a long time. But the UPM or blind producer is the one that really, like, makes sure the budget is in line and stays where it needs to be. And like if you need an extra $5,000 to pay for a celebrity's manicure, don't (laughs) fucking ask. Don't
2: ask. (laughs) That is not an exaggeration. Why do I know that is absolutely not an exaggeration? Oh my God. You'd be
0: shocked too. You would be shocked. You'd be shocked. That's a real blind, guys. You try to figure it out. Anyway... (laughs) You have to go to your line producer, and you have to explain it, and then they have to figure out if they can find the money in the budget, whatever. So we were interviewing these people, and then this woman comes in, who's in her fifties. Yeah, A lot like sparkly makeup, like little like, cowboy tight jeans and whatever, and night out a like a like maybe an outfit
1: to go out for like drinks, yeah,
0: yeah. Or like yeah, like almost or like going out to meet. Her friends, and then maybe line dance. I don't know. Like it was like wild. It was wild, and she. But she had a ton of experience. Had been working for ever. Had a ton of experience, but it looked like in the last few years hadn't had 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 as had a gap. Yeah, had a gap. Was wearing this like cool belt halfway through, from the side of the belt we hadn't seen it earlier. She grabs it's like a holster, and out comes a fan (laughs) from the holster. And she whips it open and starts fanning herself. And she's like, I'm so sorry, you guys. I am going through menopause. And I'm getting a hot flash. And this is just what I got to do. And I was like, first of all, I'm obsessed with you. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, you're 100% hired. Like, because <laughs> like, like, after, you know, because also after it, we're like, look at these dudes who are the same age as this woman who have never stopped fucking working. And here's this woman who has all of this experience. She's obviously competent. She's super cool. She's been in this business forever. She's seen everything. And there's this gap in her in her uh, resume that coincides with this thing. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. And I was like,
1: fuck that. Fuck we love that. Her. We love her. Fuck NPS. That. And she was great also, at her job. She was great, and it's insane that she, you know, that she would ever be passed over for any job. I don't know. You know, she just was great
2: at her job. Yes, but this is the thing that I find so um, incredibly rewarding about this story, right? It's that you guys recognized that her value was exponential, right? Even with the gap in her, in her working years, which by the way happens to a lot of women in middle age, there is a gap because they get pushed out of whatever Mm -hmm. job they were in and they're trying to figure out what job is next for them. And this idea that like ageism or menopause isn't something that would ever occur to you, honestly, because you were women in charge And the same way that we see men in middle life being celebrated for being more distinguished, more handsome than they've ever been. Look at Viagra and look at, you know, hair loss products. I mean, these are billion dollar industries for men.
1: We know so much about these issues that men, like I I have heard more about erectile dysfunction in my lifetime. Than you want to know. Yeah, don't, it (laughs) doesn't matter. I only care about. A few, a handful of erections in my life and I just don't need, I I don't need to know the plight of men across the universe.
2: And also, it's only a billion dollar industry because it's a male plight, right? Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, this is the thing. You know, women experience many more highs and lows in terms of what hormones we gain and lose depending on where we are in our lives. And the fact that nobody is talking about this because it's some shameful secret is such bullshit to me. And so I was like, great, you know what? I'm going to start a company, I'm going to introduce menopause products, I'm going to talk about menopause and stop this kind of idea that it's something we shouldn't de- be discussing um, mm-hmm. and, and start making it more of a normal and optimal conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are, you know, look, Busy, I, I mean, I've known you a long time and you, one of the reasons that I adore you is because of that first panel that we were on, which was about social media in real life and being authentic even when you're on a a platform, right? I mean, we can still choose what what selfie we're going to post and things like that, but for authenticity for good as opposed to authenticity for whatever forced authenticity looks like, right? right? Part of that whole conversation is really what this is about. It's like, you know... People like you have always been who you are, and then you've got this entire group of people like Glennon Doyle, like Brene Brown, like um, Brene. Sorry, I'm totally pronouncing everybody's <laughs> name wrong today. That's but, okay. You know, it's probably um,
0: me rubbing off on you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I always
2: and, like, pronounce Lovey, r- names wrong. You know, wrong. And, yeah. and, and and you've got people like Taraji P Henson and Viola Davis and Sama Hayek finally like talking about menopause. I'm like, this is, this is the moment. This is, this isn't, a, it's not a moment. It's not a movement. It's not a revolution. It's exactly what needs to happen and be normal. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, you know, we are so afraid of this time of life. We are so afraid of this. And this is not even to mention surgical or medical or gender assignation menopause, which can happen at any age. Um, You know, this is about what what it looks like to experience menopause between 40 and 60. And I went through it feeling so alone. And one of the greatest things that i found, not just about, about starting a company, is that I get to be part of a community that all speaks the same language. And, you know, it's like any other kind of community where people have been through similar experiences and are willing to be vulnerable and talk about them. That's how you make things like mental health a priority, physical health a priority, is not being afraid to ask questions and talk about it.
1: And I'd just like to point out, so you were pitching this TV show and you were told by people who are gatekeepers of this kind of thing, oh... There wouldn't be an audience for this, Mm
2: -mm.
1: yes. And then so you and I'm like,
2: who's watching television if not us? Yeah, exactly.
1: And so now you've started this company, and you found out and have been vindicated in your knowledge. I don't even want to say a hunch because you knew, you knew that there was an audience for this, and so you had to bring it to the people under your own steam because Mm -hmm. people failed to recognize the truth of what you're saying, and like so, just uh, fuck you to those
2: people. Yeah, fuck you to all those people. And you know, the other thing is, I will say that certainly after years of getting external validation by being on shows and commercials and things like that, it was kind of hard. I mean, I, I took it really hard that the industry that I'd been working in for over fifteen years yeah. suddenly was like, mm, yeah, you know, you're not that, you're not that interesting. You're not the new ice cream flavor on the block. And well, well, I'm okay with that. It took me a second to really build up uh, the stamina and the guts to say, okay, fine. That door is closing. Where am I going to find a door that I want to open? That feels true to me.
0: Yeah. Well, I have thoughts on that door anyway. (laughs)
2: Let's talk about what are your thoughts on the door? Well, my thoughts on
0: that door in particular is is just that that's not... We can't we can't go to the the system hasn't changed. So you can't expect the same gatekeepers who've always been there. As much as like people are proclaiming that
2: diversity, diversity, inclusion
0: inclusion of all types and blah 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 blah. It's that it's not actually that's actually not really they're not they're not true yet. Well, they're not doing well, it at great. the highest level, and the highest right. level are the people that get to make the decisions. Right. And so I I do think that the evolution of the online communities and like being able to go direct to your consum- yes. di- consumer, direct to your audience direct to your the person that you're trying to reach with your content is just it's a straighter line off Television, TV is TV just sort of ceases to move forward. It's like refusing to the industry of it, and like the corporations, like the big massive corporations that sort of control it, Mm. sort of refuse to make. The actual big substantive changes that they need to make in order to democratize television—that's
2: my Absolutely. feeling. Absolutely. And yes. listen, you know, I I think you know with all of the social uh, issues that we saw kind of break through the surface during the pandemic, right? There there is a lot of things that I'm seeing even in corporate America that you know feel like they're changes, but are they really? Are they you know much more performative than than we give them credit for? Yes. And I'll tell you, like when you when you go down. Like, like top of funnel right just just in terms of what it means to work at this stage at this age and being a woman Mm-hmm. I started to see all of the issues that come along with this I'm a woman I'm 52 mm-hmm. right i I'm not married I don't have children it's like all of these tropes that you can put around me that I'm talking about um, uh, an experience a stage of life that most people are age well I'm older than you but you know the the, the only thing I knew about menopause going into it was that Edith Bunker yelled at Archie once that was <laughs> my that was <laughs> that was Right? That was, everybody was like, Ooh, Edith's in a bad mood, right? That's what I remember about ever hearing about menopause. And my mom had a radical hysterectomy, and I don't even remember her going through menopause. But I have friends who have suffered so much. They've had suicidal ideation around this time. Mm. So mental health is so important Mm. to be able to talk about anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. weight gain, fear, all of these things. I mean, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. My whole point is that if we don't talk about these things, They're worse. You have no idea what's happening to you. And I want everybody to regain a sense of identity and agency when they get here. And know that someday is today. you got to go out and do whatever the fuck you want. And you're not always going to be... In the position to say that if, you know, you're working for a big company or if you have a certain career and and you're the breadwinner or things like that. But to the extent that you can change your life or say, you know, I want to be the captain of, of my own ship. I really had to think about like how important that kind of external validation was to me or how much more important it was to do what I was able to do on What Not to Wear, which was give people a sense of their own agency and also about their sense of self-esteem, self-awareness, self-acceptance. And that's what this demographic needs. Nobody's right. there doing it. So right. why no. the hell not me? And, and I will tell you, I'm terrified to be a CEO. I do it every day now. <laughs> every day I wonder if I should fire myself. But it's like, what what credentials did I need? Well, I didn't go to business school. I'm not a traditional CEO, but I know who I want to be talking to. And the biggest thing about this for me has been can I get to this audience? Can I get to younger audiences so that they are not afraid to right. get to this moment? So that if you are um, unfortunate you know if you're in the unfortunate position to go through medical menopause, let's say, from chemotherapy, breast cancer, certain things like that, that you understand that there is something else you're going to have to deal with. Oncologists aren't going to tell you about menopause, right, but I want you to know that, right. that these are the issues. And it's all about exactly what you were saying in terms of reproductive rights. It's the same thing. You need to know what they are. You need to know what's happening with your body in order to have agency over it. And so I joke around and I'm like, menopause needs a makeover, which yes. is why I really feel like I could take this on.
1: You're 100% right. And you're doing it. You're uh, you're lighting up so many... like. Lights and bells for me. My mom also underwent a radical hysterectomy. Same at my, with my mom. At my birth when she was 22 years old. <gasps> wow. Oh, God, that's terrible. My mom woke up from uh, having delivered me via C-section to learn that she'd been given oh, hysterectomy. Oh, I can't, huh? I can't. That is... At 22 I mean, think years about, old.
2: Right, at 22 years old, being thrown into man- surgical menopause... And having a newborn. I mean, literally, it's like, how much more can you ask of women? Like, we do so fucking So much. much. I just want to say, Stacey, you mentioned
1: the shame. And that is also, that's like a huge thing. And to hear Busy say she's not looking forward to menopause. I mean, who's looking forward to it? But I just want to say, like, we really have to just throw the shame in the garbage because, because that going through menopause is not a failure. Your, your body's doing what it's supposed to do. It's a success. If you get, if you get to go through menopause, that's a success because you've lived to a certain stage in your life where something is changing, you know, whether it happens early or for whatever reason, it's like your body is doing what it's supposed to do. So then to be made to feel by the world, like you're, Like, you failed at something. Like, you're experiencing some type of failure is, like, a fucking really mean trick that we play on ourselves over
2: and over again. And it's
1: not. You're succeeding at something.
2: I I, I mean... Casey, you you took the words out of my mouth and from my heart, because not only do I completely agree with everything you're saying, menopause is not a disease, right? Right. It's like, that would be like saying erectile dysfunction is a disease. Right. So if we, every time I think about menopause, I'm like, if this was happening to a man, what what would we be saying about it? And part of the reason I think we don't look, as women don't look forward to menopause is because we have internalized that shame through a patriarchal lens telling us that we're not worth anything. What yes. a bunch of shit that is, right? Shouldn't we be past that already? Yes. And so this idea that you are coming to menopause instead of the expectation of it all being awful. But you know, this is why um, there are great things like Electra's 21st, Electra Health has something called the 21st Century Guide to Menopause. And it lists the 34 common symptoms so that you at least have some idea of what's happening with you. And that and they also make, you know, naturopathic recommendations. Like, my company is all over the counter. We are rapid relief for the onset of symptoms. Um, you know, there are other companies that are much bigger on supplements or telehealth. But things well, are starting to move. Wait, like, I there have to is just say, here. okay, wait, what is the electro? what is that? Electrohealth Health has a 21st century guide to menopause. And they just debuted it a few months ago, and it is so helpful. They list every symptom. There are 34 common symptoms. There are more that are less common, but they list the 34 common ones. What's interesting is that um, the medical community only recognizes two of those symptoms as menopause, right? So hot flashes and vaginal dryness are medically approved as menopause. Like nothing else, and we are wow. talking about insomnia, night—you know—night sweats, and even night sweats aren't considered menopausal. I mean, it's like, or they—you can't get treated for them. And the one thing that I will say—here, wait—can I just say
0: this? I just want to say this for our listeners, who a lot of them yes, are in their thirties, some of them are in their twenties, twenties, thirties, forties. I see you, fifties and beyond. I see you. Yes. Um, Here's just, I just like pulled up Electra Health and it's like explore symptoms, acne, anxiety, bloating, brain fog, brittle nails, burning mouth, decreased libido, dizziness, depression, dry, itchy skin, fatigue, gum problems, hair loss, headaches, heart palpitations, which by the way, I never had heart palpitations till I was pregnant. I very well know with my second kid hormonal heart palpitations is a real fucking thing and it freaks you out scary it's scary you're just like wait what's happening why is my chest doing that (laughs) Um, hot flashes irregular periods joint and muscle aches mood changes and osteoporosis I just feel like and so Stacy became the CEO of a company called state of menopause which is products and like you said, over the counter. I'm all also curious though, just because I had visited your site earlier. And by the way, I need to reorder some stuff
2: because I do love that face oil that you <laughs> sent me. It is. It, listen, I, I am happy to have you love everything. I, I, I want you to have all of it. Yeah. Because I need to get, I need to get of, some more stuff. I also have recently listen, become itchy. Okay, oh great. The, Which we, I didn't we have, I didn't know was we have, the thing. We've got you covered. Itchy is big. And you know, look, I don't my my product line does not cover every symptom, but that is my goal. That is that is the goal is to be able to knock down each symptom for what it is and find some kind of rapid relief for the onset of it so that you can even take hormones, right? Hormones are having a huge resurgence in, in uh, the menopausal space and that you obviously you need to do through your doctor, but not everybody can afford hormones or insurance that covers hormones. Um, and in a lot of cases, hormones won't be covered. We wanted to come up with something, you know, there are a lot of issues that come out of menopause, right? There are uh, issues of race, There are issues of socioeconomic status. There are issues of ageism, misogyny, sexism. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And so the idea that you could, you know, the way you use aspirin for a headache or you uh, neosporin for a cut, Mm -hmm. we want these products to be there for all of those symptoms that you just listed. And the other thing is, you know, I'm listening to Busy List them and I'm like, oh my God, it really does sound horrible, doesn't it? (laughs) But- This is also an incredible opportunity in our lives to decide what our health is going to look like for the next 40 years, because the longer our lifespans are getting, we're living into our 80s, 90s, 100s, you're going to be older a lot longer than you're going to be young. And if you start taking precautions now, one, you can have an easier menopausal transition, and two, you're going to be healthier as an older person. And all of that is extremely important to understand. There are underlying issues that happen starting in your 40s with the loss of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, that Mm -hmm. are going to have much bigger effects on you later on. Cardiovascular health, brain health, um, osteoporosis, things like this that matter. If you know what's happening to you before, like I wish I'd been strength training since my 20s because that is the greatest protection against osteoporosis. Not any kind of medicine, not any kind of supplement. It's really that you should strength train to protect your body, right? But these are things that I did not realize until I was told I have to take a bone density test. I was like, oh, I didn't know my bone density was going to change. Who thinks about this stuff, right. right? So you know, it was my my crisis. It was my existential crisis that I was like, "What am I doing with my life?" what is happening to my body? Why don't I feel like myself? Why am I sad? Why am I anxious? Why don't I feel good when I wake up in the morning? And I had to do this work for myself. Now there are so many more resources available to us and my products are a resource. You know, I want them to be a resource, an answer, a solution with when you have issues. Because, you know, again, we just want to make the state of menopause easier. And there are actually many states in which you are going to have it. So I have two questions. You understand about it. Yeah. Yes. One
0: One is, are you doing like, uh, are you starting also with within the state of menopause, like a community, like a magazine or, um, you know, are you doing some sort of, not magazine, nobody... But like a newsletter. Are you are you you're starting that as well? And and when is that happening? How's that happening? What's happening? It's a
2: really good question, because we are, in fact, doing a newsletter. It's called On Pause, and um, and it, <laughs> hopefully it will be started by the end of the year. We already have so many articles and so many first-person accounts, and so we have a great medical advisory board that's written a ton. We just have to put up the blog. Now, that's a whole other story that I won't get into. We know all I, about we it. Understand. Oh, listen, yes, listen, we Casey understand. Listen, Casey and I know
0: all about it. This is a, <laughs> I mean, it was a journey that we were sort of taking pre, right before for the pandemic and the shutdown. And it's, uh, it's a know, lot of work. We know. And we know.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, between, you know, this has been a steep learning curve for me. I took over the company in January. We went live in April. And since then, I've had to learn all about e-commerce and D2C, back-end, you know, operating management systems and how to onboard with secondary retailers and worry about packaging. And, and then in the same conversation, talk about, you know, uh, uh, our our company is, uh, our products are vegan and Leaping Bunny certified and making sure that the barcodes match. And I mean, every day it's something else, managing all the money. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a little startup now. You know, I am, this is a baby business and we are, I mean, I I, I see it so clearly. It does feel a little bit like when I started What Not to Wear. I'm mm-hmm. in the right place at the right time. But this time, I made that choice. You're the Instead boss. of letting somebody make it for me, and it is the most empowering experience that I've ever had. It's the most terrifying, but uh-huh. the most empowering. You I need our that. friend with the fan. Yes, <laughs> yes. you so, really do. Instead of a
0: fan, also, by the we way, could, we should give her this—the cooling, <laughs> cooling spray. The, the she, cooling spray. I feel like you should also maybe consider. Uh, fan holsters and fans, because sometimes I don't disagree. a little cooling spray and then a fan on top of it, and you're feeling great. And you're feeling, you know,
1: great. her fan holster also, was custom made, custom commissioned, and personalized. Custom commissioned, we should write okay. out.
2: First of all, can I meet this woman because she just yes, sounds so yes,
1: dope? Yes, this is the
0: best, the fucking best. Um, yeah. and you know, I because I do think like I really enjoy. Stacey, the fact that like you're, you know, I think that, you know, the idea of like leaning in is right. Like we've all heard that, right. You got to lean into the thing you're, you've recognized this, this, this space that needs attention. You're stepping up and you're like, I want to do it in all the ways and help, help. I want to help people. And I like really, really appreciate it. Because I, even for me, even for all my like, I'll tell you about everything that's happening with me, I still am like, I haven't, I don't know. I feel like menopause is one of those things that I still am like, I don't know. I don't know what
2: that is. So I'll worry about that in my fifties. I don't know. I know. know? Look, at least, at least you think about it and you're like, I don't know, maybe in my fifties didn't even occur to me when I tell you (laughs) I thought it was optional. It just, it was like, you know. The only thing I want dry during menopause is a good martini. Like, I don't (laughs) want the rest of this shit. I, (laughs) you know, uh... it's like, and also it's like that laughter through tears thing. It's like, look, we as women do hard things. We do hard things, like give birth and do hard things. And now we are navigating, um, you know, a whole new set of Societal mores, right? I mean, with younger generations coming out talking more about race issues, gender issues, all of these things that were sort of taboo topics during, you know, when I was young, right? Oh, yeah. Gen X is like,
0: yeah. But we are, I also, I'm on, I'm this, I'm the the baby side. I'm the baby Mm -hmm. side of Gen X. And I think I'm the oldest. Are you, or are you like sort of, I'm 52. No, you're like right in the middle, I think. In the middle. Yeah. Oh, maybe in the middle. I think you're like definitely Gen X.
2: (laughs) Believe me when I tell you, I mean, I knew that I was Gen X graduating from college, and I was like, I don't want to do anything, and I hate my life. Yeah, that was Gen X. You know, we were all like, you know, so into like Brett Easton Ellis and, and, uh, you know, all of like Less Than Zero and all of that craziness. 1965 to 1980. There You oh, go okay, so yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, it's still on the you know, the older side, but I I feel like you know, I certainly feel like a trailblazer when it comes to Gen X behavior, yeah, which yeah. was a lot of drugs when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you know, gosh. it's like, busy. I really, one, I appreciate everything that you said, and thank you because. It is scary, like, to do anything new, right? I mean, you knew that from doing your TV show. Yeah. I'm sure you know that from doing this podcast. But it's not just a question of leaning in. I think it's really a question of looking in and deciding, like, what is it that matters? And what is it that, you know, in terms of authenticity, you know, you're, you're saying, or at least I, I understood you to say that, you know, it's not like you think you're teaching anybody anything. But you are teaching by example, And one of the things that makes your authenticity so important is again, the permission that it gives others. I certainly look at you as one of the people who's given me permission to talk about things that are hard and to talk about things that are weird and to talk about things that, you know, we, we either whisper or we are only telling our best friends that's not the way I see the world's going forward. And in fact, you know, my biggest excitement at the moment isn't just being able to talk to this consumer. I have made it my, uh, mission to talk to all of the CEOs of major menopause companies, ones that are coming, ones that are out, ones that are funded, ones that aren't, because I do believe that we should be showing not just, uh, consumers and audiences, but the business world, that we can do this differently, that we can do this collaboratively for a much bigger audience than just playing small to each other, right? So I really, really want people to understand, like, I will recommend menopause products that we don't make I will recommend things that maybe we make, and I found a better version of it. Because while I want a successful company, what I truly want is for the needs of this community that is so massive. By 2024, I think it's 1 billion people will be in menopause. Wow. That is a lot of people, and we need as much help out there as we can get. Can I tell you something, too? Can we just
0: all take one moment to just appreciate fucking Suzanne Summers? Yes. Yes. Yes we can. Because Yes we can. Talk about a trailblazer and a yeah. woman who was literally laughed at
2: yeah.
0: for talking about menopause and her bioidentical hormones and whatever like she was like the f- first person out there public facing person out there saying yeah. there's this thing that happens. It's fucking wild. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it is, and, I, and you're absolutely right. I give her all the credit, and I'll tell you, um, I just did the view last week, uh-huh. and part of the reason that I was so excited to do the view was because Whoopi was one of the first people to ever say to me, "Okay, I'm, I'm hot, I'm, I'm really feeling it, I'm hot," and yeah. even then, you know, having that conversation with her, it still never occurred to me it was going to happen to me. Right and and also that look menopause is not just a physiologic thing right this also has to do with the way that you were brought up the socioeconomic circumstances, mm-hmm. uh, childhood trauma. There are a lot of things that contribute to how you respond to menopause. Are there like and
0: menopause expert doctors you can go to so that won't yes. just say so to that, you, so like, that's a great "Oh yeah, question. it seems like maybe you're just in menopause." Bye.
2: Yeah, you'll yeah good you know suffer through it. Good on you. Tough it out. That the, Most uh, primary care physicians and, and OBGYNs do not get a ton of menopause training in medical school. I believe okay. the um, required amount is two hours. Wow. So there are a lot of OBGYNs more so than there are primary care physicians that specialize in menopause. There are a few menopause clinics across the country. I know there's one at Northwestern. These are the kinds of doctors that you want to, or care practitioners that you want to seek out. They may be nurse practitioners. They may be naturopaths. But the idea is that you have options, And you have choices. So while Suzanne Summers did talk a lot about bioidenticals, which, by the way, are very popular again, even if you're on a hormone, one, you can't stay on it forever, and two, you may still have symptoms. So you need to know that there are options that aren't contraindicated with with a Mm -hmm. hormone, right? whether it's like HRT or bioidentical. Mm -hmm. And that's why we we decided to go with over-the-counter products because you may not have severe enough symptoms to be on hormone or you may have such severe symptoms that even being on hormones isn't enough, right? Right. So you always want something that's gonna sort of make you feel better in the moment. And you can't look good if you don't feel good, and that was the other thing that was really starting to stress me out, was that I just didn't feel good, and so it was making it harder for me to like care about style or care about you know taking care of myself because I just I felt tired all the time, grumpy mm-hmm. all the time. So we can't sort of underestimate the ripple effect that not um, understanding or recognizing the effects of menopause will have on you. And and really, now that we talk much more openly about mental health, there's a real issue here with this, like, you know, the meno rage and like the hysterical woman. I mean, you know, this is a perfect trope for for people to kind of use during menopause instead of really looking at what the issues are and also educating those people who may not go through menopause who are around you, you know, your partners, your children. So they really do understand this is a natural transition and one that, you know, Half the population in the world is going to experience and how to be helpful and supportive during this time.
1: Right. And also, I'd just like to say R. E. meno rage or yes. women's <laughs> women's rage in general. We're hearing now all the things that happened in the White House during the last administration. That was a lot of man o rage yeah. and emotional, you know, coming from an emotional place. We also have just heard like after I read First-hand accounts of how Scott Rudin, producer Scott Rudin, threw a baked potato at an assistant. (sighs) I really don't want to hear about, like, how I was snippy with someone ever again in my life. I just really don't. A thousand percent. I really don't. A thousand
2: percent. I've never thrown
1: a potato at anyone.
2: No, and also, look, there's this thing of, like, you have to be mean to get to the top, right? As a woman, like, you can't be nice. And all of, you know, all of these things that are just such bullshit to begin with. But we are taught to think that we have to be nice all the time. right? right? And that our rage is, is it's not permitted in any way. And by the same token, it really pisses me off that you think that like to get to the top or to be successful, you have to be a bitch. Like it's not one or the other. I just, it makes me so angry that women are, you know, put in one camp or another, that it's just so binary. I mean, that doesn't apply to any woman I have ever met in my entire life. And by the way, it
1: doesn't even matter because, you know, as we're all living our lives online, if you're ever as a woman, plain spoken on line people will be like what a bitch calm down yeah. you know so it doesn't even matter what you're trying to do that I think we have to again like while we're throwing out the shame let's throw out the rage thing because there's a difference between being frank versus being angry which sometimes we're entitled to be angry versus being abusive and so like if we're if we're starting to pin the needle in abusive territory okay let's talk You know what I mean? But like we're entitled to at times be angry and show rage (laughs) over over something. And by the way, you'll get called that anyway, even if you're just
2: being like Frank. So I agree. But, uh, you know, the one thing I'll say about menopause is that one of the first um, hormones that I've learned that we start to lose um, during the menopause transition is progesterone. Which is what is our, um, sort of our mood hormone. So mm-hmm. one of the first things you may notice is that your moods start to swing a little bit or they're more extreme. So when you get angry, sometimes that really does feel like a, a rage you haven't experienced before. Yes. yes. Um, and, and that, that to me is very different from this larger conversation that we're having about what it means to be a woman today right. and be frank and be, um, You know, to me, it's this idea that we're not allowed to be blunt or have any brevity if we're not, like, completely emotional and, like, feeling and empathetic that we're somehow uh, not being good leaders, good bosses. I mean, to me, that that's just a load of crap, right? right? But certainly when it comes to menopause, it's really just for your own uh, self-identification. If yes. you're like, whoa, like, where did that come from? This isn't me. You know, that's different. Yeah. Um, and, and again, all of this is to say, like... Nobody wants to talk about how shitty some of these symptoms can be, but they're so much shittier if they come on you or you start to experience them and you don't know what's happening. It's like just being thrown into the spin cycle and there's just no understanding, which is why this conversation and particularly for your audience is so important because I don't want them to get to where I got to and feel like nobody nobody helped me. Nobody told me. And that's like a refrain I hear all the time, certainly um, with people who are experiencing menopausal symptoms right now that I, like, you know, I, I have, um, just so you know, on stateofmenopause.com, uh, there is another email that's Stacy at com. You can always write to me there. I I write back to everybody. I ask for firsthand experiences. I want to know what is working, what isn't working for you. And certainly, like what you're struggling with the most, because as we start to develop our new product line, we want to be able to kick off all of those symptoms and we want to know which are the ones that are most important to people. Uh So, you know, we started with skincare because it was the first thing that I saw. Right. It was the first thing that I recognized. And hot flashes and and discomfort from joint pain or muscle fatigue. That's where we're starting. We are not ending there. So, the you know, I expect both of you to tell me when you start to feel weird symptoms, what the hell is going on with you? Yes. Because, again... Um, I highly recommend finding a doctor that does specialize in menopause. You need to make sure that hormones are right for you. That is not your only option. Um, there is a, there's a company, there is a, a, a platform called the, um, North American Menopause Society and NAMS is what it's called and they will recommend some doctors but I also recommend you do your own research. It's really important that this be uh, an experience that is personal to you and not what everybody tells you. It's really right. a question of like, you know, trying to um, certainly give people information in the most objective way possible so they can take that information and decide what they want to do with it. Wow.
1: Hey, Stacy. Thank you for always using your considerable powers for good always yeah. ever since I've first been aware of you and what you were doing, I mean you're real like it's you're such an example. I don't think you I don't think you know maybe you do. I don't want to, I don't mean to tell you what you know and what you don't know, but I just think you've always been a really good example for all of us to be like, oh here's what my talent is. Let me use it to, to bring people up, to lift people up. And that is, um, that's, that's very special. Not everyone does that.
2: Okay. Don't make me cry.
0: <laughs> it wouldn't but be our really, podcast if we didn't cry. <laughs> if someone doesn't cry, someone we doesn't can't cry leave. Podcast didn't happen. Um, um, I, I just adore you. you. I like, and, and I'm so, I like had, okay, I'm just going to say this, and we can cut this off of the podcast. We don't have to put this on. I literally just had this vision, Stacy, and maybe we should talk about it. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for it?
2: Ready. ready. Stacey, are you ready? Yes. Yeah. You know
0: how sometimes I get these things? Yeah. I see state of clinics, like offices, like okay. that are just, look, I just got chills, Yeah. that are like, that, that's what they do. That icy state yeah. of, and it's cute. It looks cute. It's yeah, cozy.
2: It's comfortable, and they're like clinic. I, I think this is a vision that no, no, no. This is like a. This should stay on the podcast, and we should manifest it. By the <laughs> I way, think we should
0: do it because I see like I, what I like. I literally just as we've been talking, like I like put some stuff in my phone and been like kind of looking, reading some stuff. Because I've been having all these things. Last week on the podcast, I said to Casey, like, pretty sure I have, um, what did I think I had last week? Fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia.
2: Fibromyalgia. I, also, I was
0: like, I'm pretty sure I have fibromyalgia. And I just feel like what I want is a place that I can go <laughs> that's like, just come in here and we're all gonna like sit around and we can do. Oh, when I had a baby, there was this place in Los Angeles, the greatest place in the world called the Pump Station. And <laughs> you didn't have to be breastfeeding your kid or whatever. They, you know, they were not mean to you if you used formula. Um, but they provided like all this stuff from from the Pump Station. Yes. You could like you could get there were experts there, you could book appointments with. They had like a retail shop and you could pick stuff up there that like you for your baby, that like you couldn't really find anywhere else, and of course, guys, you have to remember that I had my children basically before Amazon existed. <laughs> um, and also, let's not shop at Amazon, but um, and and then they had like a little back room where there would be like classes, and there were baby yeah. classes, but there were classes for parents. There were like support groups for moms. There were like all kinds of different things that were constantly going on. And if you've read my book, you know I had a really hard time with when Birdie was a baby with, with uh, postpartum anxiety. And not for nothing, there were many times when I would just drive there with Birdie and just yeah. go in and sit.
2: I got to tell you, this is a genius idea. So what, oh, what, we Let's definitely have to go further. Because what, what I had originally thought about was the idea of um, state of retreats more for this idea that you are not crazy. This is not hopeless. And we are here to help. And this idea that you could go, you know, maybe somewhere upstate. And I would have, you know, a property where you can just hang out where you don't, you can, you know, whether you're taking hormones, not taking hormones, just there are so many women that I've seen in this age group feel like they are failing. Scientific American did a study that said the lowest point of happiness in a woman's life is 45 to 54. And I'm like, that's because menopause. Why is nobody talking about that? And Tie this it whole together. idea that our earning potential drops. All of this is, is stuff we have to get around. And the idea that women are suffering silently or or explicitly is something that I, I, I can't bear. So I don't, this I idea can't that bear it there would
0: be I can't bear it either. And I feel like it's just I don't know. Like I feel like there's of you know, yes, yes to the retreats, first of all, yes. Right? Yes. yes. But like but an secondly, property but where also, you can go. But also yes to having like a space in every fucking city that you don't have to buy anything to go in and That's get right. support. That was the thing about Pump Station that was so amazing. I think it's actually closed. Sadly, during the the pandemic, there might be one. But like that was what was so wonderful about it was that like I didn't have to go in and buy a thing when I would go in there. Like it was the class, like the class they offered free classes, they offered free support, um, and then they and then they had like some like baby classes that cost. Literally twenty five bucks or something, you know, right. like whatever. But they were just trying to like make sure that anyone who needed support could come in and get
2: it, and like, and and that's what I think is so important is that there has to be, and and this is something I'll be completely honest about. We are still trying to figure out as a company, but we want that um, that non for profit arm, right? Because there are a lot of people. I mean, we try to keep all of our products under forty dollars, but even that. is not going to work for somebody who may not even have the wherewithal or the capability to deal with what's happening to her in menopause if, let's say, she's in a domestic abuse shelter and trying to keep her kids fed. Do you know what I mean? So we are looking at ways in which we can help um, underserved communities. But the other thing that I I really, because the one thing that I don't want this to turn into is a middle-class, white, heterosexual, cisgendered woman's problem. This is a much bigger issue than that. And it's a much bigger health issue. We don't talk enough about how this affects race disproportionately. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about the fact that the gender non-binary community goes through so many hormonal changes and Mm -hmm. no one is talking to them. So I agree with you. It is not simply about these kind of like mini almost clinics that would be wonderful in cities. It's the reason that I thought a retreat was so important, that you shouldn't have to pay, that you should be able Mm -hmm. to go whether it's for a weekend or a week and just understand that what is happening to you is normal and that you are okay. And that, you know, where you need help, we will find that support for you. But just that idea that, again, this is collaborative. Like, I I hope that all of us CEOs who are all working on menopause companies aren't just doing this to be brand builders or because this is a white space in the market that hasn't been touched by a lot of people. I I have no experience in building a brand, right? I mean, I've done some creative direction. I have no experience in being uh, a titan of business. That's not <laughs> really my goal,
0: <laughs> right? You're just, not like you're not like I'm. Just waiting for P and G to knock on the door so I can sell it to them exactly, for two hundred million right. and cash it in. I mean, That's I right. think I do think that this is. I don't know. I do think that you're like at the beginning of a really fucking amazing journey with this. And I think that you have all of, I think you have really true and good intentions as I've always known you to have. And I do think that there's going to be, you will figure out within your own company how to how to uh, make it accessible for everyone. I mean, because I mean, that, is, really that is
2: important, so. you know? Yeah. Whether it's like well, it's it's like all medical care, right? And sure. and and again, not, I'm not putting myself in the category of medical. We are we are you know. Well within FDA regulations, but that's different than like actual medical or prescription care. Right. Um, So I just want to make that disclaimer. But I absolutely agree with you. Like, and, And I will tell you, I will leave you with one funny story. That when I was 50, a dear friend of mine gave me a reading over the phone with a numerologist who was like, Sorry, I can only fit you in for half an hour. I normally do it in an hour, but I don't have time for you, which was a great way to start the I
0: actually appreciate the honesty.
2: Thank you. Yeah, Uh I mean, I guess I appreciate the honesty. It just felt like a little like, "Mm, okay. And she was like, "Um, okay, so happy birthday. You're 50. Um, Wow, you've had a really hard time in the last five years. And I like, I almost started crying, right? I was like, I really have. I really have. I feel like I've been floating around professionally, not knowing what I want to do. Spine surgery was hard. I miss my dad, like all of these things. And she said, well, it doesn't get any better. And I was like, what? And she was like, it's not going to get any better for you until 52. And after that, you're going to have a wonderful life. And this will be the time that you look back and say, this was the hardest time for me. And I remember getting off the phone and thinking two things. One, this woman doesn't know me. And what if (laughs) I was like so depressed I was suicidal and I was like another two years of this, I can't do it, right? Right. So, I mean, first of all, I was like just annoyed. It is annoying, I I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) But here I am at 52 and I finally decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I have... No experience. I just have my own experience with menopause. I know that it can't just be me. That's if, if, if one person is suffering, then more than one person is suffering somewhere. 100%. What can I do to change the situation, right? So here's hoping that from 52 on, it's a really wonderful life. It's going to be. I
0: feel it. And I'm here for it. And Stacey, I love you. Amen.
2: Well, I'm here for both of you, and I can't thank you enough for having me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful we had, like... Well, you know, everything happens exactly when it's supposed to, right? Yes.
1: This this was the week. This was the week. This was the week. I still do really want you to come look in my closet and to help me throw things away.
2: (laughs) But see, yeah, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, Casey, I will tell you, even um we're 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 about to start our angel round for investors. Yeah. And uh one of them was like, I am happy to give you money if you come and redo my closet. And I was <laughs> like, I literally I, was like, I can't I I can't be beholden to that. If I'm gonna redo somebody's closet, it's out of friendship and love. <laughs> not not to have you invest in my company. No, <laughs> absolutely not. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm well um, but anyway
1: guys I'm so happy I got a chance to talk to you because you're just lovely yes. the best you from love that, the time best. You, that time you fixed my necklace at that birthday party <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm well, just so glad <laughs> we will let
0: you get off onto your day and I love you I'm going to talk to you soon call me tomorrow all all okay. Right. okay okay bye
1: bye bye, bye.
0: Okay. Here's what I felt like. I was like, had, and I say this in the interview, but I was like last week, literally researching all of these different things, the autoimmune diseases that I was like convinced I had. Right. And I think you guys, I do think I'm just like in the beginning of the slope of menopause, the pause. I think it's just taken me on a journey. I'm 42 years old now. And I think it's just, that's what's happening. You know, I don't know, whatever. I
1: found that very interesting. It was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And like just a lot of, like I consider myself pretty well read on stuff like this. And she was saying a lot of things that I was like, oh, that's good to know. I didn't realize that. So hopefully everyone found it as useful. Because guess what? If you're not like 35 plus, you will be. God willing. It, it'll happen. God willing. Yes. So just file it. But away. that
0: brings me to this.
1: It won't happen if you don't get your fucking
0: ass vaccinated. And I don't even give I don't even give a fuck if yes. you're like, I'm gonna turn this podcast off and send you angry DMs. What the fuck is wrong with these people who are not getting the vaccines? I don't. everybody's got a different story when I ask people. I've been asking them, and I'm not always. Listen, I feel like I'm being very aggro right now, yeah. and that is in part because I'm PMSing, and in part because I have an eight year old who can't get vaccinated. Right. That like, the statistics are there, guys. The numbers are there. The research is there. There is no reason. There is no reason not to get this vaccine right. and this thing that has been perpetrated. I mean, do we blame fucking Jenny McCarthy still? I don't know. Because I, look, there was a thing <laughs> about heavy metals in vaccines. There was right, right, years and years and years ago. And that is what initially started the backlash of vaccines was this, was the myth. It was a myth that vaccines cause uh, all kinds, all kinds, all of things. kinds of different things. Right, and there then, are obviously side effects from vaccines. Right, and there are side effects from all kinds of things that
1: you do in your life. Right. Like, for
0: instance, gel nails.
1: Right, and there's also a horrible history of unethical vaccine testing. That's, on yes, on yes. black and brown bodies in this yes. country, one
0: hundred percent. I am not. Arguing that point at all,
1: right? But but the where statistics we are, where we I am are reading right now, yes, where we are Los,
0: about in Los Angeles about the people who are not getting vaccinated and are in fact like causing the Delta variant yes. to just have free fucking rain are mostly white
1: and all like upper right middle class. Here's the thing that I find frustrating is that if you don't want to get the vaccine, I don't know that anything that I'm going to tell you is going to make you believe that you need the vaccine until we're hearing so many stories of doctors saying, people are asking me on their deathbed, can I get this vaccine? And I have to be the one to tell them, I'm sorry, it's too late. You could have, but you chose not to. But here is what I find frustrating is that if you don't want to get the vaccine, then you have to do some things in place. Of, you have to lock yourself back down. That's your choice. You know what I mean? But if you want to go out in the world and be shopping at grocery and stores wear and not wear a mask or whatever it is, like most people who know what they're talking about now are saying the best most prudent thing to do to keep yourself and to keep other people who can't be vaccinated safe and to knock this back down is to get vaccinated and wear a mask when you're indoors especially again but people just want what they want and I understand I understand but you have to make some sacrifice everyone is making some sacrifice whether it's getting the vaccine and out it hurts to get stabbed with a needle and I'm a little bit nervous about imaginary side effects that but I'm making that sacrifice or like I don't love to wear a mask but I'm going to or stay home lock yourself back down but the thing is I think that people are just like well if I get it I get it but that's not it You can still give it to kids. You can still give it to sick people who can't be vaccinated. You can Um, still- Yeah,
0: you guys, how many people, I mean, I have a friend who's currently in cancer treatment, cannot get the vaccine. Right. Immune system is weakened. Right. Has children of, has to beat this fucking cancer, A, but shouldn't have to worry that she might also have to beat, This fucking Delta variant. Right. COVID, period. She couldn't get the vaccine. She's been going through treatment. Right. Fuck, man. So it's so fucking important that you, like, go to bars and, like, not, and go to workout classes without being vaccinated. I can't. I can't. I cannot understand the selfishness. I just fucking can't. It's because, because I don't care. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fucking fine. You'll beat it. But your kid is at the park with my friend's kid, and my friend's kid gets sick and brings it home to my friend, and it could fucking kill her. Right. New York has 57.3% of people fully vaccinated. Not New York City. That's New York State. California State has 53%. Arizona's at 45%. Texas, 44%. Florida is at 49, South Carolina is at 40, Georgia 38, Alabama 34, Mississippi 34, Louisiana 37, Arkansas 36.
1: Maybe I need to go on Instagram and get an actual microchip injected into me to show how big that needle would have to be to shoot a microchip into me. That sounds terrible.
0: But But here's what I'm going to say. Like, I just feel like this is what's so crazy to me. It's like, you guys, drug companies are trying to keep you alive so they can give you more drugs. (laughs) (laughs) They're not like that. Is their whole model to kill you off? If their business model was killing you off, like dudes, that would be terrible business for them. That's number one. Number two, you already have a motherfucking microchip implanted in you. And it's called your cell phone. (laughs) And you carry it with you wherever you go. And it tracks what you do and who you see and where you park and what you eat. And it, it like what pictures you fucking take. So if you're really fucking concerned about some kind of conspiracy, like go off the grid, motherfuckers. Get the fuck out of here. Go off the grid. Throw away the cell phone, get rid of your fucking computer and fucking sure as hell turn off 24-hour bullshit Fox News.
1: Yeah. All of them. Turn them all off. Turn them off. No more podcasts, no more. We're preaching to the choir, by the way, here. Maybe,
0: maybe I've been surprised in the past week is all I'm going to say to you.
1: okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'll say this. If you are listening to the podcast and you haven't gotten your vaccine, it's because- It's not too late. It's not too late. And it's because- It's not too late for you because you're listening. because we love you, that we want you to do it. And because we love the people around you that we don't even know. That and we want you, here's your chance to be a fucking hero. People always love to talk about how they would, how they fantasize about saving someone's life. You or like, like what they would have done differently in World War II. Guys, this is World War II. This Guess is, what? Yeah, here's here's your big chance. And I, this will make us feel better maybe because that's what this podcast is about. Making busy and I feel better. Busy that's and me. basically true. <laughs> Um, If you have managed to convince someone in your life who is resistant to getting uh, a vaccine, let us know what you did and maybe we can can analyze the Mm -hmm. psychology of it. You can message us on on Insta or you can send us uh, an An email email and the email's at the top of the Instagram page. I don't think me being so angry is going to work,
0: but... Um, I don't, it doesn't seem like facts and figures work, so I'm just trying a different tactic. Right. Like the one time I did I ever tell you about this? This is really insane parents. What? One time I had a child, I'm not going to say which child, who was having like an actual, like just a fit. And nothing would stop it. And I was holding a glass of water, and I was like. I'm just gonna like splash them with the water a little bit. Yeah. So I did, cause I thought it would like get them out of the. It didn't work. It was <laughs> bad. <laughs> but then, but then like Mark came in and was like, what did you do? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I read the thing about like in DBT, like cold water on your face. And I thought if I like just splashed water. And Mark was like, that is, you're supposed to do it to yourself. You don't have somebody else <laughs> do it to you, which is, you know, But also, like, what? Why? But then the the kids started, like, kind of laughing because it was so insane. And I was like, you guys, that was a really terrible parenting move. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I just, like, I thought that it was the thing where, guys, in DBT therapy, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, there's a thing where you, if you're having, like, a panic or something, you can't get out of it, you want to put, like, cold water, basically, like, on your face, like where you would like dive into water. Yes, yeah. Where so it's like your yes. eyes and forehead and like nose. Yes. If you're ever having that, guys, highly recommend put your head lower than your heart and put like ice or cold water or something right there on your fore face. That is like yeah. a DBT trick. A trick. It is not... Great if it's your mom and your mom
1: throws water on your face. That doesn't work. Just FYI. Busy, can I tell you something? Hmm. I did a remarkably similar thing, and I'll tell you which kid it was. <laughs> Eli, our intern, my older son. Hi, Eli. Um, when he was having like some type of meltdown, and it wasn't water, it was orange soda. I had a glass of orange no. soda, and I was like, if you don't stop, I'm going to throw this in your face like you they gave, do. You gave him a warning. Like you do on television. I thought surprise was going to be in my favor. He said, you wouldn't dare. And I just well, fully obviously. went yeah. Real Housewives on him, flung a glass of orange soda in his face, and he laughed and laughed his head off. And it was the end of the... But that's the good thing about Eli is uh, he can... You could always shock him out of a, out of a childhood meltdown by making him laugh.
0: <laughs> well, that... I mean, that actually is what ended it, was the laughter. Yeah, but it was sort era. of like at my expense because I was like, this is going to work. Like, I was like confident yeah. that I had like figured it out because of the DBT... Book I was reading.
1: Oh my but god! That's
0: not how it works. But if you at home are suffering from a panic or something, I do recommend that. Or throw an Head, orange soda in your own face. Don't don't do that. <laughs> that's just sticky. That's insane. <laughs> well, guys, we've ended the day with some bad parenting.
1: Some un, things, some not the bad parenting moments. that we
0: did, so you don't have to. Yeah. And um, please. With these vaccines, I'm just like, I don't even know at this point. You know that dogs and cats can get COVID?
1: Oh, God. Well, see? Maybe that's what would get people to get the vaccine. I'm not even kidding you. That's why I bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know people often love a dog and care more about a dog's plight than another, a fellow human. So maybe that's. All right. Let us know how you convince someone to get a vaccine, and maybe we'll do like a drawing for merch that smells like busy. (laughs) (laughs) That she's already worn. I mean, it's possible. (laughs) I I smell pretty good. I think so. You you have a a nice neutral scent.
0: Well, you know I don't smell like anything. We've talked about it. It's good. My skin smells like nothing. (laughs) First person to point it out was the Wayans. Brothers. I don't remember which one. <laughs> one of the Wayans brothers was the first person to point out that I smell like actually nothing. He's like, you have no odor. You literally smell like nothing. I, was like, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, that's weird. Oh Marlon, best smelling person I best know. Best smelling person in best. Hollywood history. Yeah. He's just incredible. All right. So on that note, guys, uh, we love you. It's we been you. roughly 17 hours and 45 minutes and <laughs> we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.